Welcome back to Orange You Glide We Watch the OC, the podcast where kissing us is remarkably like kissing your sister. <laughs> I'm Sarah. That's Evan. The opening of our podcast is more and more apt. It feels like, or aren't you glad we watched this fucking thing? <laughs> so you didn't so have to. So you don't to. fucking have to. Yeah, it's really a shame <laughs> Steve has stopped listening to the podcast because I feel like... Do you know he stopped? Well, here, I mean, let's offer him a challenge. Steve, if you hear this, give me a text <laughs> and say you're listening to episode... I don't fucking know. We're in season 30 two still. Four? What episode of season two is this? Uh, seven. There, Steve, send me a text and say you listen to episode seven of season two. The... The Family Ties. The Family Ties. Uh-huh. This fucking show. This is the first time we are recording in the year 2024. We skipped a week again because we are busy. I was just very tired. And it's hard. Sorry, everybody. It's hard podcasting (laughs) when you are this cool (laughs) and busy all the time. Evan, how would you say your 2024 is going so far? Oh, what I on Tumblr, I saw the the Sonic meme where it says, fucked it up already. 2025 going to be my year. (laughs) (laughs) Do you think, does that represent you? No, I don't know. It's always so hard to tell. Yeah. You know, I don't know. I mean, I'm very lucky. Still very, very lucky. Uh, You made cake today. I did. Like, holy shit. It was such a delicious cake. During a blizzard people so cozy we're very cozy what this podcast has uh declined in audio quality it has increased in coziness because we are no longer recording at a table we're recording on our giant ass couch it's wonderful yep i love our couch thank you under several blankets thank you aunt diane for getting us this couch yes so um also you had a pretty big pop culture day today you learned why everybody is mad at Ariana Grande. Yep. And you learned about pump teenies and cosmopolitans. Yeah, at time of recording, it's January 12th. 12th. So when did it come to light that Ariana Grande split up this little weird guy's marriage? Oh, it's been a long while. It's been a few months since oh, okay. the news surfaced. But the single with the line, what was it? Why do you care whose dick I ride? Yeah. You made us care, Ariana Grande. Yeah, it's mostly what you sing about is whose dick you're currently riding. You made us care. There was a whole fucking thing, Thank You Next, where it was like, this is a list of the dicks I've ridden. Like, <laughs> fuck, girl. One of them is dead. It was a listicle fucking, like, <laughs> Christ. Yeah, you were like, peace out to that dead dick. Fuck. <laughs> Pour one out for this fucking deceased dick. I am drinking a pump teeny. In honor of Vanderpump Rules is coming back for its 11th, oh Jesus Christ, 11th season. 
on January 30th. I could not be more stoked. <laughs> I love mess. Marie Kondo JPEG. Yep. 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 You should have more podcasts because here's the thing. You and your sister should definitely have a podcast about that fucking show. (laughs) I desperately, desperately want you two to have a a podcast about that show. We can never top a of all. I don't have the technical technological know-how to record someone over Zoom and you can't teach me. She's in Colorado. I refuse to learn. <laughs> I'm 40 years old. And did you just do the thing that people do? Yeah, I did. And I refuse to learn anything new ever. Thank you. Next. <laughs> Thank you. Next. Except I also, I did learn something new against my will. The French word for vegan is vegetalien. Which is extremely confusing mm-hmm. and also sounds kind of racist. It sounds fake is what it does. It sounds, <laughs> it sounds like a fake French it word. It sounds like some American going into like the Olive Garden Paris <laughs> and being like, Bonjour, je suis vegetarian. Donnez-moi une pizza avec les breadsticks unlimited. Merci. <laughs> And yes, then, exactly. And then they get banned from the country of France. Yes, correct. Yes. After they get massively overcharged for their vegetarian um, meal. And refuse to tip because um, Europeans don't tip. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Uh, tipping is only an American thing. Uh-huh. Mostly, but right? do they pay their servers a living wage? I feel like they do. And that's why I they're mad know. about tipping. I don't know. Anyway. Should I, should I, <laughs> should I look it up? Let's see what we got here. Hang on. Um, do Europeans pay a lit? No, that's not what I want to ask. Cancel, cancel, stop. <laughs> oh, fucking a. Okay. 2024 oh, is okay, a banger, everybody. What? Uh, okay, okay. Um, do Europeans need to tip? I don't know if I phrased According that to Rick Steves, Europe. While tips are appreciated no matter where you travel, tipping in Europe isn't as automatic nor as generous as it is in the U.S., and in many countries, tips aren't expected at all. That answers nothing. That doesn't really hear. Let's let's dive into this article for a little more context. Tipping in Europe. Um, restaurants why? are more modest in Europe than in America. Um, oh, at restaurants, check to see if service is included. If it isn't, a tip of 5 to 10% is normal. In most places, 10% is a big tip. If your bucks talk at home, muzzle them on your travels? What? No. We're not going to get a good... Um, if you are from our second most populous listener base, The Hague... <laughs> Yeah, let us know. I would let fucking us, love to hear from y'all. Let, let us know before you got into The Hague what your... Also, did you go to The Hague for over-tipping? Okay, so this is important, too. So typically, it's better to hand your tip to the waiter when you're paying rather than leaving it on the table. Um, servers to prefer to be tipped in cash, blah, blah. In Germanic countries... Rather than leaving coins, which is considered rude, locals usually pay directly when the server comes by with the bill, simply hand over paper money, stating the total you'd like to pay. For example, I'm paying blah, blah, blah. Okay, this is, it's pretty boring. Yeah, I'm 
less enlightened. Oh shit! In Scandinavian countries, the service charge typically goes to the restaurant owner rather <gasps> than your server. That's fucked. <sighs> the fuck? So for good service, add five to ten percent. This also holds for upscale restaurants in Turkey. Interesting. Uh, if you're in the Czech Republic, Evan. This is not the Read This One Article podcast. We have a whole episode of the OC to get through, and this isn't going to provide any clarification. It's a doozy of an episode, too. Yeah. Hey, speaking of the Hague, gosh, I would love it if our president would be held accountable for all of the war crimes and could can be held on trial at the Hague. Oh, did you also encounter all of the tweets or X's or whatever yeah. he... <laughs> Shits? I think that's what he says they are now, is they're shits. Sure. Um, People are bringing up a bunch of... In 2020, uh, what's-his-face, the other guy, 45, was... Aren't I edgy and cool? I won't say Donald Trump's name. I'll just say 45. I know. That's that's why it's funny. It's not funny. It It was funny. Shut up. (laughs) In 2020... Trump was puffing his chest up and being like, I'm going to go to war with Iran. And Biden was like, you can't go to war or bomb a place without the express uh, stated permission of the American public. And mm. now we're bombing. Who are we bombing? Um, Yemen. Yemen? Yeah. Because of. Because they're supporting Gaza. Yeah, no, it's fucked. Obviously, yeah. like it's he's yeah. he's a war criminal. Yeah, all pre- all U.S. presidents are war criminals. Uh huh. And should be put on trial in the Hague, and our country should be dissolved and sold off for parts. Yes. <laughs> Every citizen who has not personally committed a war crime gets one goat, and like an acre oh, of land. I love it. Yep. And we can just like live our days out and then the goat can meet a capybara. (gasps) I love it. Yes. Yes. I practically speaking, I have no idea how this will work. Can the capybara meet some guinea pigs? Yes. Can there be ducks involved? Yes. Okay. This is great. We will also need, if we are doing this, you and I personally, we will need all of the allergy medication in the world. Yes, correct. Because I am... Very allergic to guinea pigs, so by properties of transference, I am probably very allergic to capybaras. Right, I've never touched a capybara, but I feel it's pretty fair to assume you and I are both very allergic. Capybaras, if you're listening, <laughs> slide into our slide DMs. into our DMs. <laughs> <laughs> or, or, or float uh, into our DMs, or do that really cute little video where you can see the capybara sort of walking under the water. <laughs> and he looks like a dude. He looks like a dude sort of sashaying around the bar, like the swimming pool bar. Evan, how does this episode of the OC open? The fuck. How does this episode of the OC open? We're in the kitchen. We're in the Cohen stronghold kitchen. I remember so little about this. (laughs) Fuck. Is it are the boys talking about, about are the boys talking about yeah I'm just it's all just capybaras sitting in a bath in my head now okay so Ryan is trying to um, he's doing his math yeah yes and 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 Seth is like Seth comes in and he's like I wish you would punch more I wish that we were back in the 
they're doing the self-aware season thing. Whisper <laughs> <laughs> season one of this, and I you were punching punch people. Yeah. <laughs> um. Is it clear why he wants Ryan to punch? Oh yeah, because as the previously on stated, Caleb just came out as having cheated on. Oh yes. His wife. Yes. Kirsten's mom, and having um, a legitimate child, uh-huh. uh, Lindsay. Yep. So everyone sort of hates Caleb right now, and I believe that th- the way I interpreted it was Seth would have loved to see Ryan just fucking deck (laughs) Caleb Nickel. (laughs) He would have gone to such jail. And Caleb would be dead. He would be one of our (laughs) listeners in The Hague. Ryan is a young man in the peak physical condition, and Caleb is an old man with heart condition, I'm pretty sure. so. I don't know. Maybe they build them more hardy and resilient in New Zealand. I suppose, yeah, potentially. Potentially. But the character of Caleb Nickel is not actually from New Zealand. <laughs> the actor portraying him is, so... Semantics. Okay. Semantics. Sure. So then Sandy comes into this scene and advises Ryan that it's probably best that Kirsten does not know for now that Lindsay and Ryan are trying to smash and she, of course, conveniently sashays in. She being Kirsten is like, what am I not supposed to know? That's exactly the thing a wife likes to hear her husband saying first thing in the morning, Sandy. And she's in like a silk kimono or some shit. <laughs> she, man, the wardrobe made some real fucking choices we for Kirsten in this episode. Yeah, We have some questions kind of about everybody. It doesn't get really bad until the end, though. Oh, 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 this is super important and we were reminded of it in the previous Leon. Seth's we vest. failed in our duty last episode <laughs> to drag Seth Cohen for that fucking vest. And I know it was, I know it was wardrobe. I know it was wardrobe, but that vest was so bad. I don't know, man. They, all the lore post this show has been like Adam Brody was a brilliant force on this show and he improvised and he yada yada and um, I am going to give it to Adam Brody he displayed some pretty good physical comedy in this episode he did yeah yes so uh, but driving force whatever white man I don't care if we are going, I say to- white man like this show is incredibly diverse. <laughs> but like, if he had such power to improvise, he could have stopped the vest. Is what I'm getting at. Yeah, he could have looked at the vest and been like, "No, sir, slash, ma'am, slash them." Yeah, yeah. No, I am yeah. not going to wear this to stand in front of my OTP lady love. <laughs> And declare whatever the fuck he declared last episode. So, okay. He's always always declaring with the declaring. (laughs) So if we are going to pretend that these characters live in a last action hero real world setting. Okay. Right. You know, that we could use a magic ticket and we would be in there. Then that is a choice that the character of Seth Cohen actually made. Keep in mind, I've never seen last action hero. The premise is very simple. Okay. Uh, Movie and TV is a real world. It's sort of a... um, yeah, sorry. Asterisk. You're like pointing at me. Oh, asterisk. Okay. Yep. Um, so it's a real world. It's like a, a alternate dimension, a parallel timeline, uh, you know, to mm-hmm. ours. Um, 
cartoons are real, you know, action movies are real, you know, all that, all, all that stuff. Media is real. Uh, and if you have a magic ticket, then you can go into the movies and okay. the TV and everything like that. So okay. if we are to pretend that, you know, for the sake of creativity and, you know, having a, a fun time making this podcast together, that this is a real place, you know, these characters are, you know, consistent within yeah. the world that they live in. Yeah. Uh, then he chose to wear that sweater vest uh, and it looked so shitty. And uh, we get to drag the character of Seth Cohen. <laughs> For wearing it, because it was a bad choice. It was a bad choice. What is your asterisk, my dear? Um, breaking news that I forgot to discuss. <laughs> we did some research in the off week of not recording this podcast, and we watched Sylvester Stallone arm wrestle. <laughs> oh my god, that's right! Okay, if you recall, last episode, they were watching Over the Top, starring Sylvester Stallone, the 1987 classic, Sylvester Stallone. And we, were like, and we were like, how does a teenager in the 2002, 3, 4, I think fives, it was where we're at at this point. Wherever the fuck we are, know about Over the Top. Yeah. We still have no answer to that, but we can definitively tell you Over the Top rules it's incredible you guys it fucks this movie fucks hard it is great i highly where did we watch it on one of the streaming services you'll be able to see it on a streaming service you'll be able to rent it find it wherever you stream your movies and give three of dollars to jeff bezos more importantly that shit might actually be available at your local library on dvd so yeah just get it. Or get, wait, get, wait, no. What was the? Oh, 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 oh. You had um, the streaming. Conrad? Ser- no, no. It starts Caucus. with a, It starts with a K. Kim Kardashian. <laughs> Fuck! What's the name of no. it? No. Do I have the app? Canopy. Canopy. K a n o p y. Thank you. Good job. Um, yeah. I'm deeply ashamed that Kim Kardashian was the uh, <laughs> mental trigger that brought me to that. Is okay. Uh, you got there. That's the only really important thing. So yes, it, uh, your any library card will get you access to Canopy. You just put in your information and where you live and shit like that, and then you have access to a whole bunch of free movies. Unless you're in the Hague, then we don't know if you have a library card. <laughs> what is what is this Hague hate? I it, I won't stand for it. I genuinely don't know if our second most populous listenership. The Hague, A, is not someone fucking with us and, like, spoofing their location somewhere. (laughs) I don't know how anything works. B, I don't know if there's a library in The Hague, and if so, you get a library card and or canopy. There has to be a library in The Hague. We're not looking this up. It's too late. Oh, my God. Is there a library in The Hague? found a few places near the Hague, Netherlands. Yeah. Uh, there's the Central Library. Okay, but is it physically inside the Hague? The Hague is, Google a, is, a, is a city. The honey. Google Assistant does not want you to know that. The Hague is a city. Is it? It is? Yeah. I thought it was just a prison. No, the Hague is, is a city in Denmark. Not Denmark. The Netherlands. Oh, well, I learned something today, too. Holy shit. Okay. okay. Oh, you didn't know The Hague was a city? No. You thought it was a prison? Yes. No, The Hague is the city where the war crimes tribunals are held. 
Okay. Like Den 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 Hag? Is it Den Hag? Okay. Get in our DMs. Ken. The Hag. <laughs> okay, anyway. If it's not a prison, then why do they call it the Hag? That's all I'm asking. This is the name of the city. It's but in the country, is, the why Netherlands. The, why is the the in front of the Hag? Because it's the name of the city. But why? We're not the Milwaukee. I don't know. The Hag get in our DMs. <laughs> OYG. WTOC.tumblr.com. Oh my god. Oh, fucking A. Please keep listening to our show, everybody. It really makes me feel good (laughs) that you're listening to our show. Okay. Where the fuck are we? Okay. Yes. This is where Kirsten is like, haha. It's really funny how Lindsay is kind of tangentially related to you now, Ryan. She's like your aunt, but also because of her age is so close to you, she's more like your sister. And I think Seth and Ryan are exchanging meaningful, grossed out looks while she is saying this. Yep. Because who wants to smooch their sister? She also uh, expositions a little bit helpfully for us by saying, I know what you guys aren't saying. You're not saying that Caleb's hearing is today and I'm not going because I don't want to see his face ever again. Oh, that is extremely helpful exposition. But yeah. wait, doesn't he show up at the party? Yes, of course he shows up at the party. the party. The show doesn't give a shit <laughs> about the things it says and does. Also, guys, there's a party in this episode. Yeah, guys, there's another fucking catered party. <laughs> and I love the line that, that Seth says at the time. He's like, I know I should be used to this by now, but why are we having a party? <laughs> But that's much later in the episode. That'll be two hours later in this fucking podcast. Okay, so we've decided we're in the next scene. Um, We, after the sister thing, we go to the title sequence. Da-da-da-da-da, et cetera. Yep. And now we're back in school. We've decided that no classroom activity is going to take place in this episode. So Marissa and Summer are in... The coffee lounge? They do mention that everyone has come back from winter break. Oh, yes. So evidently the show also took a little break. So I feel okay having missed last last time anyway. For the superb owl. Yes, correct. Oh, also breaking news. I deleted Duolingo. Yeah, you did. Fuck that owl. Fuck that owl. Hashtag fuck. Hashtag that. Hashtag owl. Fuck that owl. Yeah, you know why? Why? Give him the lowdown, Sarah. Duolingo replaced a significant amount of its paid staff with AI. Fuck that shit. And the ones that they kept on were basically just to check the coursework of the AI. And see if it was what? Acceptable? Acceptable. Fuck that owl. Fuck that owl. Fuck that owl. Also, that owl was pro-Johnny Depp. Yeah, and that owl Johnny was Depp weird. And Amber in a Heard. thing that it did not have to fucking weigh in on. Absolutely, in this goddamn not. world, no, it did not need to weigh in on the side of John Depp. <laughs> Fuck that owl. Fuck him. Anyway, so we're at school. The kids are back from winter break. Marissa is nervous about introducing DJ to her father. Yep. And Jimmy has been so removed from the 
any interaction with any of the actual characters in yeah. this show that my first thought was, why would you introduce him to Caleb? <laughs> <laughs> and it took a... You mean DJ? Yeah. No, you why would Caleb. you... Why would you introduce DJ to Caleb? I, th- I was like... Oh, yeah. oh, I get it. You didn't even think no. she was talking about no. Jimmy. No. <laughs> I don't think they'd had scenes together in any of the episodes <laughs> leading up to this one. Tell me if I'm wrong. Yeah, Marissa and Jimmy? Yeah. Rarely. Yeah, rarely. The girls went to go borrow the generator... Um, I, that might have been it. Is that fucking it? I think it might have been it. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, he's been sort of a non-issue. Entity. Non-entity, thank you, in her life in this season. Yep. So um, DJ's like, oh, yeah. I'm sure it'll be fine. And she's like, I hope so too, blah, yeah. blah. So this is when Zach and his deeply unfortunate hair and my theory. Yeah, you need to let everyone know show. what your theory is. My theory is when this show does not want you to like someone, they make their hair egregiously awful. (laughs) Zach comes into, like, he's lingering in a doorway, like, looking at Marissa and Summer, and his bangs are... They're, it, 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 so they're giving him. Um, it's like a swoop. They've given him the Luke swoop from from season one. Yeah. Uh, early the early Luke swoop from season one is what uh-huh. they've given him. But it's kind of like it's the Luke swoop combined with you mentioned that mm-hmm. they love to give every male character just the just below the earlobes like weird curly chop. Yeah. And. This actor has pretty voluminous hair. Yes. And it's very noticeable that there is so much product in his hair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So we hate... Zach now <laughs> because they give because it, they oh give my god um 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 they're off brand coding him <laughs> in the Apple phone uh language of villain or hero <laughs> he would have an Android <laughs> or a, or a Google Pixel or something Google, absolutely a Google Pixel. <laughs> <laughs> So Seth comes into the doorway where Zach is creepily herring. <laughs> and this is what I think after this revelation, we did a lot of pausing to just be in these first few scenes to be like, what are they wearing? What are they talking about? Who is what? <laughs> there's, there's a lot of disbelief suspension that you have to get through in this episode. But this fucking... Christ. So Zach confessed A of all. A of all. I think this show is trying to say something about the nature of male friendships. Yes. But it's doing a really bad job. It's doing the thing. Oh, fucking A. Because uh, in this scene, Cohen establishes the the dude code or the man code or whatever yeah, the fuck. Bro code. Whatever, some stupid toxic bullshit. Yep. Um, because do you want to run our listeners through what Zach says? Over 
It, I, no, the, if you the, recall, he was in Cabo with his yeah. family last episode. But what makes this so confusing to me is this bro code comes out of nowhere. We need to say that Zach and Seth were not friends on their last meeting. Mm. They were not even frenemies. Mm. They were not acquaintances. Didn't somebody punch somebody else? I can't remember. Zach punched. That's what, that's the inciting incident for the like, conversation. He's like, yeah. hey, bro, sorry I punched you. Did you get my Christmas card? Did you get my Christmas card? Yes. And Seth's like, yes, I really appreciated your apology. Yeah. Yeah. So th- that little chestnut was to remind everyone or to explain somehow why they're friends now. Yeah. After. Yeah. And I really, they they had an aborted attempt at friendship with the whole comic book club and whatever, and Summer got in the way of friendship. Blah blah blah. blah, blah. blah. Yep. Um. So now that they are BFFs forever, mm-hmm. Zach confesses to Seth that while he was in Cabo, he ran into his old. How does he describe it? Flame? His ex, as I think he says. Just ex. Okay. But what's significant about his ex, Evan? Why did they need to do this is my question. So the thing that's significant is she's his old... But they do this... They fetishize younger men. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Luke and Julie. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So what what happened is his ex was his old tutor... Uh, and has kids now, and is so he just says she's in multiple she, divorces. She's older than I am. Uh huh. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I didn't even make the Luke Julie connection. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That complicates it even more. Like, why did they need to? He could have just kissed his ex. Okay. That would have been totally fine. It's my turn to Google something. Do it. I'm going to Google. Because I'm connecting this to May, December, mm-hmm. the movie that's loosely based on Mary Kay Letourneau, mm-hmm. who I had to explain to you who Mary Kay Letourneau was. Yep. But was this around that time? And were we just like, at this point in the culture, like, younger dudes with older women is not child abuse. Mm-hmm. It's hot. Yeah. So. While Sarah looks this up. um. I don't see why this was necessary for them to do at all. It would have made perfect sense if he just kissed. And that's all they did, according to Zach. If he just kissed his ex-girlfriend from however long ago, like that would have been fine. Because what this plot point serves is it's a, uh, it's, it's an excuse for, Summer and Zach to have their first fight that isn't about Cohen. Okay, she was arrested in 1997, so it's just it's in a 10 year window. Oh yeah, for sure. No, what what 97 in the culture. 2000, Yeah, we're only eight years, yeah, roughly after that. So yeah, and it was. I mean, I don't know where you were in 1997, but the rest of us were like, "Holy fuck, what is happening?" I don't, I, obviously you culture. had to remind me who it was because I didn't remember y- it. But you were hacky sacking. I was listening to Zydeco in my <laughs> friend's basement, so. <laughs> and playing Dungeons hacky and sack. Dragons. Yeah, and, yeah, and yeah, Dungeons and, and Dragons. Eating uh, Vienna sausages in the middle of fields. Yeah, and not pooping for four <laughs> not days. Not pooping for four days. 
<laughs> we had different we had different high school experiences. <laughs> this I wasn't in high school anymore in 1997. I was in sophomore year of college. Were you in college? Yeah. I graduated in 96, baby. Oh. I graduated in 99? Is that possible? No fucking way. You did not graduate high school in 1996. I absolutely the fuck did. Huh. Yeah. Okay, anyway, it hardly matters. I told my parents put me in kindergarten a year early because they were sick of me asking questions <laughs> about things is how they put it. Mostly I think it was just cuz you're very smart. Uh, so. Uh, Bitch, you read like a million books a day. I had a terrible GPA, so I'm not. That That's smart. just because they over they overemphasize math and history is stupid. Sorry, Emily, history is stupid. <laughs> Um, history is not. They stupid. don't. T- well, the t- the history American fucking schools teach is a a bucket <laughs> of lies, and awful, and fucking wholesale glosses over the genocide <laughs> that created America. Oh Jesus Christ! Sorry, I'm reading the Wikipedia. I'm skimming the Wikipedia entry on Mary Kay Letourneau. Mm-hmm. <sighs> She pled guilty in 1997 to two counts of felony second-degree rape of a child. Uh, Laterno was 34, and the child, Vili Fulau, Fulau, was 12. Dude. When she initiated the sexual abuse. What the fuck? He was her sixth-grade student at an elementary school in Berean, Washington. While awaiting sentencing, she gave birth to his daughter. Dude. Sucks. That sucks Sucks. so bad. So, like, it's... It's kind of, like, like... It's it's very... Michael plus Sarah, you're wrong about vibes when both of them were on the show and were exploring topics like this. Mm -hmm. It's very, like... Monica Lewinsky was the butt of jokes for decades, mm-hmm. and uh, Mary Kay Letourneau was the butt of jokes for decades. Fucking the Menendez brothers. They mm-hmm. were all kind of in that span yeah. of time, you yeah, know? Yeah, 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 for sure. Uh, fucking Lorena Bobbitt. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Do we know why Lorena Bobbitt cut off her husband's dick? Because he was incredibly abusive. Mm-hmm. Towards her. It wasn't anyway. It wasn't like a ha ha funny right? women be crazy. Right. It was like a Yeah. I blame Jay Leno for most of this. Oh, absolutely. Jay Ren Jay Leno can rot in hell with his three hundred cars. <laughs> Fuck that guy. And his denim tuxedos. <laughs> so I don't know exactly where they're going because I don't remember specifically. Um how, why they're setting Zach up with this past. Mm-hmm. With- that was my question. Why the fuck would they even overcomplicate yeah. it? Unless they are very much intending to bring that into the larger scope of this season. I don't there's think. There's no fucking reason for them to be like, oh, and she's an older woman with kids. There's I, no reason. I don't think they have the object permanence <laughs> to bring it back in later. <laughs> They're too infantile. Mm -hmm. So yeah, he's like, what do I do? And Seth's first piece of advice is, if you want to live a long, happy life, don't tell her. And Zach is obviously like, I can't do that. And Seth is like, oh yeah, because you have like morals, whatever. So he says, yeah, just 
tell her. I don't even remember what his fucking advice is. But then Zach and I don't think that the emphasis is not so much on what Zach is going to do about the situation, and more like Seth won't tell. Yes, he will. He is going to follow the. He will not el spillo les binos. Correct. Yes, (laughs) because he says it's the bro code, which again. Has not existed in this show to no, this point. Literally like, never. These boys are gossipy fucks. Not even between Seth and Ryan. No! Where we think it would be the most important row of codes. Exactly! These fuckers are messy as shit. <laughs> I wouldn't trust them with anything. I wouldn't trust them with Cliff's notes. Okay, so now. We cut from that to Ryan and Lindsay in the hallway of the school, presumably yep. on their way to an actual class or maybe to the quad. Can I say something really quick? Yeah, go ahead. I have sort of like a, you know, the phrase, they make a cute couple, you know, there's just, I don't know, like there are some couples you just look at them and you're like, ah, they're, they're such a cute couple, you know? You and me are famously a very cute couple, you know, like, and everyone, this is not me fucking tooting my horn. Strangers in line behind us in grocery stores have literally felt they've taken it upon themselves to comment on how much of a cute fucking couple we are. Well, you've lost all the listeners in The Hague. I don't know. (laughs) I think The Hague appreciates love. Maybe not. I don't know. Please, please Hague into our DMs. Um... (laughs) So anyway, like, here, here's the thing. Um, I think Ryan and Lindsay are a very cute couple. I would love for this show to deflate its heart on for Marissa and Ryan, because that shit should not be, because they are not a good couple. Whereas I think Lindsay and Ryan, very cute couple. I don't know if it's because I'm could have given birth to any of these characters <laughs> ages uh, that they are supposed to be in the show as opposed to Ryan is like 27 or whatever. Yeah. Um, you know what I'm getting at. I do, I do. I just see these, I see all of them as like weird sexless dolls. Yeah, sure. I have no sense of chemistry. You're right. There is no chemistry. And I think it's because I don't focus on chemistry so much as line reading ability. <laughs> and it's just, it, it, it kills whatever impulse that I have to see them as functional couples. I'm mm-hmm. just, I'm too far. It's too academic at this point. I'm just like, well, you're bad at your job and you're bad at your job and your lighting is weird. And who put you in that shirt? I can't, I can't see it. I don't know if I did when I originally saw the show. I'd love for you to have an interview with Sarah from 2004. <laughs> When this was originally airing? Um, we couldn't because I would be allergic to my own cigarette smoke. Yeah! <laughs> so, yes. Okay. They're talking. Um, Ryan uh, said earlier in the episode that he hasn't contacted Lindsay since the event because he wanted to give her space. She thanks him for that. He was like, I wanted to call you. And she's like, I'm, I'm glad you didn't. You know, I was sort of like 
needed some time, yeah. etc. And she clarifies that the Coens are not her family. They are her friends. Yeah. And Ryan is more than her friend. Yes. Yes. They would like to continue seeing each other. And I think she says, it's definitely not like kissing your sister. Can I go on record here as saying the entire conceit of it being like their brother sister is categorically stupid. They are not. They are not related. He is not related to the Coens. He is at most adopted. Yeah. And I mean, like not even, I mean, did they, I can't, did they do paperwork? Did they actually adopt him? I can't yeah. remember. They did. Okay. Yeah. So like, even though I mean, he's part of their family, physically show the paperwork, but he I is think not they, fucking related to them. Yeah. He is not related to her. Yeah. They are genetically very distant from one another. So like, that's very stupid. Okay. But that's, no, 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 To continue my thought, even okay. the train continues. Yes, it's stupid, but also the culture at large, I don't mean to keep talking over you. Please but do. This, this specific plot line has been done to death. Yeah? Yeah. I'm not, it's just so dumb. Yeah. There's, there's not, they should, no, it's so dumb. No one should have any negative opinion of the two of them dating just because Caleb fucked and made her. If I am to get on my falutin high horse, do it. Climb on, climb on up there. I'll give you a scooch. Okay, thank you. Hoi! you're up there now. The idea of the nuclear family and family above everything else was really, really prevalent where we are. In the 2000s, in this episode. Mm -hmm. So that's, I think, why they're pushing it so hard that it's weird and gross Mm -hmm. because they want them to be a family. Mm -hmm. This is all the other stuff about Marissa and Ryan being endgame, blah, blah, wank, wank aside. I just want to go on record as saying I think it's exceptionally stupid. And I agree with you. And it should be a non, 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 non issue. But also, here's another question. What else were they going to do with Lindsay's character in this episode if this weird barrier didn't exist? No, you're right. They have to manufacture drama, don't they? Right. As many In as many ways as they can. What are they going to do? Be like, oh, you're really good at science. We should send you to space. (laughs) Yeah. Guys, I've got accepted to NASA. <laughs> My dream of taking this I'm with her bumper sticker to the moon. I'm going with Jimmy Cooper. <laughs> We're going to Miami. We're going. No, they're going to space. To oh, yes. Oh, yeah. They're going to colonize New Miami (laughs) (laughs) on fucking the moon. (laughs) Nova Miami. (laughs) Yes. Oh, God, I dropped my rubber band. Oh, no. no, Tragedy. Tragedy. What, you're gasping? I am gasping. Were you gasping about... Because there is a connection in my source material that I did not come up with explicate while play. I was watching the show did you have you lost it do we need to pause no we're good okay you got it 
Okay. I have my binky. His binky is back, everybody. <laughs> What's the connection? I'm dying to know. So, the next scene that we are in is Caleb and Sandy. On the, in the, oh, in his Aston, Aston Martin. Ah, uh, that's why we, we're very, very rarely driving. Yeah. In these episodes. It's a deeply natural looking scene of them driving on the... It was so out of place. Yeah. But they're driving back from the... Something. Uh, the, whatever, the court date. Sure. Where he, and Caleb very uh, expositionally... He's completely... Like, oh, well, Sanford, it's wonderful that I've been completely acquitted. And not only that, but all evidence of my wrongdoing has been locked by the court. So now no one will ever know. Because of minors. Is that what he said? No. Oh, okay. <laughs> But like, why would it be locked by the court? Who fucking knows. The man. only fucking thing that gets locked by the court is juvenile records. Oh yeah. Yeah. Hmm. As far as I know. I don't know, man. It's awfully convenient. Yeah. Again, this show doesn't know how things work, <laughs> or this show does know and doesn't care. It doesn't more care. importantly, that's our. That's yes. Yeah. That's the most important uh-huh. thing. Yeah. Mechanically, this show doesn't give a fuck, and it doesn't have to. It's a stupid melodrama. So they're driving. It's definitely not on a track <laughs> right they're not being dragged by <laughs> by a car the ocean on the other side of the car is definitely real for sure yeah was is there an ocean i don't remember who knows there who yes cares? i think it is but yeah. yes but they're in the aston martin yes i didn't even put two and two together that they're in the aston martin uh-huh so then we switch from that one now that we have learned that caleb is a freeman and he does not have to do a Shawshank Redemption and tunnel underneath the jail and be a very special episode about what would it be a special episode about? Prison abolition? <laughs> this show loves prison yeah, labor. No, this show loves prison. Um, <laughs> well, oh, the other thing that they talk about that's funny in this scene is how all the women in Caleb's life once again are pissed at him. Yep. <laughs> it almost is like you should stop doing literally everything that you're doing ever, <laughs> Caleb. It's almost like that. It's almost like that. Yeah. <laughs> so then we go from that little scene to Julie is on Jimmy's boat. Yep. They've been fucking. Uh-huh. Um... She's talking about how Caleb is planning to come back to work. Mm-hmm. Even though the CEO and the CFO of the Newport group are decidedly not thrilled with him. Yep. Right now. She's saying things like, well, he won't, he won't see a single day of jail time. He's just coming right back. And the, the mood in the atmosphere between them is, is this over? What like yeah? What's over the his ordeal? This or us. this relationship? Yeah, this whatever the fuck this is. So to resolve it, they go below deck. They go fuck about it. If you know what I mean? <laughs> I was trying to be more subtle with it. Below deck. Below dick. More like missionary. <laughs> <laughs> That's another thing that I introduced you to this week. Missionary? No. <laughs> It doesn't always have to be reverse cowgirl, Evan. 
I mean, it doesn't. <laughs> but no, Jack Harlow, young mission, young M I S S O N A R. What the 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 song, the song that I'm Vanilla Baby. Oh yes, 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 yes. Yeah, no he, whips and chains, whatever. Yeah, yeah. I don't like no whips and chains for you. You can't. Hold me down. You can whip your loving on me. There we go. There you go. You've learned so many things. I have. You're like my tutor. <laughs> You're like my <gasps> older tutor. Oh, my God. Oh, wow. I am at most one and a half years older than you are. And you don't have any children. And I don't have any children. So. I would know. That you know of. You can't do that <laughs> with women or people with uteruses or whatever. We would know unless there was some kind of extremely. No, talented- let's not explore. No, let's no, not. Let's, let's not explore. Let's not get too derailed because this, we're an hour. We're already three. almost in or an hour in. Yeah. We're an hour 14. Oh, yeah. Do you need to pause and blow your nope, nose? Let's go. Let's keep going. All right, let's go. We're on the train. Um, the train has derailed. So then <laughs> this is where um, Marissa and DJ are coming to the boat to meet Jimmy. Yeah. Wait, there wasn't the scene that happened in between. No. Nah. Okay. As they, they kind of transition from that. I think they're just showing Marissa and DJ walking towards the boat and being like, I don't want to do this. I wonder if my dad is blah, blah, blah. And then they see Julie and Jimmy come to the upper deck. Yep. And I think you were narrating it while it was happening. Yes. They were were smorching. You were like, oh. Oh, oh, his hands are on her shoulders. Oh, oh. Now they're smooching. Now they're smooching. Oh, She's turned around. She fully grabs his ass at one point, <laughs> which is great. He looks like he has a pretty okay ass. I'd grab, grab, grab that ass. I'd grab that ass. Better ass than hair. Yeah, again. Okay, so the journey of Jimmy's hair. In season one, they put him in that awful Caesar cut. Yep. Right? They're trying to do... They're trying to do a um, an ER era George Clooney on him, and it does not work. Yep. Uh, this one, they're giving him beachy curls, and it was fine in the beginning, but now that it's growing out... It's like three-fourths of the way to a mullet. Yes. And mullets are back, but mostly on non-binary folk. Yeah. For 2024. Not, not Jimmy Cooper. Not Jimmy Cooper. No, not Jimmy Cooper. No. Uh, so yeah, they're smooching horde. Horde. And Marissa flees the scene yep. post haste. I would say flounces is a more accurate description of what she does. What's flouncing? Flounce. Uh, Mer- I mean, give me the Merriam-Webster on that. <laughs> I'm not googling the Merriam-Webster definition of flouncing. Um, she she gets in her feelings mm. and she 
it leaves dramatically. Okay. I think leaves dramatically is actually a pretty That's good... the only way Marissa Cooper knows how to leave. She she flounces on any occasion. Yes, any and all occasions. Is, is she done peeing? Flounce. <laughs> <laughs> Has she finished her geometry homework? Flounce. Flounce. <laughs> is she done riding her horse with Caitlin at the... Uh, one we'll day a year again, really. <laughs> that she gets to go visit at the boarding school flounce. Justice for Caitlin. Justice for Caitlin. I would love a fucking series <laughs> of what was Caitlin doing <laughs> the whole time. The whole time. I would love that. I well, would love that legitimately. If and when we get to Gossip Girl in the year 2029. There is a character who does go to boarding school and they don't, we're going to have to read books to get to this because the character who is sent to boarding school is not depicted in the show, but she has a whole series of books about her called The It Girl. Oh, okay. So, book club podcast 2029. Okay, great. Yes. So they- Grow your loins. They're girded. They're tied up in a... They look... They're like a... They're like a balloon poodle. Yes. My loins. Yes. So we go from this scene to Seth going to visit Alex at Alex's curbside... Where does she live? Does she live in a hotel? What is happening here? We don't know. It's not curbside. It's seaside. It's a little shanty... It, I mean, it's run. It's it looks like she lives in a motel. Yeah, honestly, she's in room A of whatever this fucking thing is. Right. He knocks at the door, and the, the, the camera work of this is good because you see the door open uh, from the person that opened the door's perspective. So you don't see who it is. All you see is Seth through the doorway, and he says, "Oh, Alex, you uh, you really uh, you changed your hair since Christmas break or whatever." And then they do the reverse shot, and it's a guy shirtless. He's like, who the fuck are you? I'm Seth Cohen. I (laughs) came to say hello to Alex. I wanted to see how Alex was. And Alex finally overhears him and comes out. And I don't remember her hair being as blonde as it was in the last episode, but she's very blonde now, but still has the unfortunate purple undertones. Weird purple, purple streak. Yep. Yeah. Uh, they did a pretty good job making her look a mess. Did we have eyes on the migrating butterfly tattoo in this scene? Yes. Okay. Uh, it is still on her upper arm on her uh, right side. Okay. Um, I, I mean, obviously, it's not where it, exactly where it was. No. Because the fucker migrates, but yeah. <laughs> uh, so she's like... The fuck are you doing here so early in the morning? And Seth's like, it's 3.30 p.m. (laughs) And then three people come out of the room and are like, oh, what about? We're going to go get cigs and beer. Smokes and beer is what they say. Uh, And uh, Seth, do you want to explain the lesson Seth takes from this? The, in my, what did I say? I said something like, "Oh, she's a troubled youth." Yes. Well, first of all, she says, um, "Plot convenience wise, plot contrivance wise, 
I'll explain everything to you at the Modest Mouse concert later tonight. <laughs> yeah. Which is a normal way that I express things to my friends. I'll see you at the Modest Mouse concert. Oh, God. <laughs> but what Seth takes from this is he should be a bad boy. He should be a bad boy. Yes. The previous Leon did remind us that Alex dropped out of three different high schools. Three. Uh, just so that everyone has context as for why she is not in high school. Which is, I don't think was legal. Yeah, I don't think there's like, I don't think it's like a three strikes, you don't have to go to high school anymore. Right. I think it's like, no, you still have to do At that. At least get a GED. Yeah. Like, yeah. if they would have explained that she got her GED or something like that to be a literal manager at a bar, uh, that would have been great. <laughs> but nah. no, we don't get that kind of context or explanation. Nah. They don't think we deserve it yet. We need to work for it. We need to earn it. Um, his actual, Seth's actual hang up in this conversation was she used the word nice. Yes. She said it was nice of Seth to stop by, and that is what makes his brain short circuit. Yeah. Does that lead immediately? To- they go to the kitchen where somebody is boiling water. Oh yes. And I so this is the thing that the reason I focused so immediately my eyes locked on the saucepan. Because that saucepan was brand new. That saucepan had never seen fire in its whole fucking life. And I was like. Come on, guys. Like, I I understand that we want to show that the Coens are well off, but like that saucepan had it was virginal, this fucking saucepan. I don't know, man. Taylor Swift did a lot of photo shoots in her house with virgin Le Creusets. <laughs> Creuset, a whole line yeah. of them. She was like, I love to bake and make all the things. And no one had ever no. opened those. They yeah. had the price tag on. <laughs> anyway, it's just very funny to me that I was like, these fuckers don't cook. <laughs> Who's boiling water in this thing? And this is, yeah, th- I completely skipped over that scene mentally. Um, we laughed out loud. I don't know if we laughed with Seth or at <laughs> Seth, but we laughed, and that's the important thing. Yes. Right? Um, Seth is trying to prove himself as a potential bad boy, and he takes a ear of corn and kind of bangs it on the counter like it was a beer bottle in Roadhouse the movie <laughs> with Patrick Swayze. And he's like, what does he yell at his dad? He says, "Cause, um, cause they're they're making dinner for Kirsten before she gets home. All three boys are working on corn. Yes, and Sandy's like, come on, you gotta shuck. I need you to shuck those things before your mother gets home.' He's like, I think it's something like, I'm gonna shuck if I want to, and not when you tell me to. He was like, I'm not gonna shuck these. Shuck you, Dad. Shuck you, Dad. And then there's this great pause before everyone laughs at Seth. Yeah. And Sandy says, like, I'm quaking in my boots over here. And he realizes, uh, uh, Seth realizes that his default setting is Jewish grandmother. Yeah. <laughs> right. He, like, asks, well, he offered to make her a sandwich. Just fucking great. I love that. I her, like that about Seth. Her meaning back in the last. Uh, Alex. Yeah. Yeah. Scene. He offers to. Make. Honestly, she looks like she needed a sandwich. Yeah. She said she's very hungover. 
Yeah. It was 3.30 p.m. She obviously hadn't eaten anything. I would have made this girl a sandwich. Yeah. Obviously. Yeah. And it's Olivia. Wild. And, like, all of the fucking girls on this show, they're probably forcing them to be very, very skinny. I have a lot of things to say about the closing scene in this vein. Okay. Um, we'll talk about it when we get there. It's really just one thing. You can say it now if you want to. No, it involves too much explanation. Okay. We'll get there when we get there. Okay. Uh, Kirsten comes home and she's like, you guys are making dinner. You never make dinner. Oh, we missed. We missed a scene. That's what was in between. That was what was in between. Um, Jimmy and uh, Julie fucking and Marissa seeing them was Kirsten meeting um, the Lindsay at school. Oh, yeah. Julie is like, not you fucking Julie. Kirsten. Yeah, Kirsten's like, I know that you're, my, you're not necessarily. Do you want to go shopping instead of talking about your feelings? I mean, basically, you know, I she's like. I also want to do that. I know that. What is she saying? She says, I know that you're not necessarily looking to collect more family members, but how about a friend? Would you yeah. like to go get coffee with a friend? Yeah. And Lindsay's like, yes, coffee with a friend sounds nice. So the girls have been shopping all day, which is why when Kirsten comes home, she has in tow Lindsay. One Lindsay Graham. What's her last name? Lindsay Graham is a senator. Whoops. <laughs> <laughs> Lindsay last name. Lindsay last name is a really good name. Oh my god, Lindsay last name is a great fucking name. But I do also want to say something about this burgeoning relationship between the two of them. Sure. I don't think as a 16 or 17 year old, I would have wanted a 40 year old friend. Mm -hmm. I would have been like, I have a mom. Thank you very much. Who the mom is also very absent from this episode. Quite conveniently. Quite. Quite and conveniently. Quite. Like have a new family member or don't. Yeah. I mean, like. I liked the moms of my friends that yeah. were that were around, you know. Yeah. Um, for the would mo- you for have the gone part, shopping with no, them? No, no, I would not have. <laughs> I mean, obviously, like the circumstances were a little different because it didn't turn out I was related to any of them. <laughs> okay, but also let's let's flip the genders correctly, quote unquote. Here, would you have wanted to be friends with a dad? Okay, let's let's literally put this into let's just pretend here. Right. Okay. Um I'm dating my first girlfriend. I'm a sophomore in high school. That stupid bitch. Right? What what it, what would happen? I'm just kidding. You're literally a I sophomore had, in high if school. I had discovered that her dad was my brother. <laughs> what the fuck would have happened um i'm pretty sure what would happen like you would have moved three states away very awkward yeah and then i never would have seen him again or change schools (laughs) minimum (laughs) like yeah what happens then is i just don't see him (laughs) or it's just sort of like weirdly awkward when i go to pick up his daughter yeah for a date yeah (laughs) <laughs> like 
it would have been one thing if she had 23 and mead this relationship and sought it out on her own. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yes. But, yes. But the, the whole thing was thrust on her in a really traumatic way. And she's like, yeah, sure, let's go shopping. No. I don't, pardon me. Also, I, mean, I like making out with your son. No, <laughs> who's not your son? Who's a weird guy who lives in your pool? House. <laughs> yeah, your living pool house boy. <laughs> no, your your pool house sulk boy. I like him. Pool house sulk boy. <laughs> the one that doesn't talk much. Yeah, I like. Okay, that guy. I move that. That's the actual name of this podcast now. Pool house sulk boy. <laughs> ooh, ooh! I was ooh. thinking. I was thinking about. Um, what our fans from The Hague could call themselves. Okay. You know, because, like, there's hooligans and yeah. um, m- marshmallows for Veronica Mars. <laughs> <laughs> so they could call themselves the Pool House Sulk Boys if they want to. What? Do the do the Do Boys fans call themselves anything? I guess they're either Spoon Nation or... Or Burger Boy. Yeah. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Yeah. I think that's all they call them. Anyway, anyway, sure. anyway, yeah. Pool House Salt Boys. <laughs> but yes, you're correct. Like, yeah. So Kirsten shows up and is like, eh, I, I deal with G. Ah, I'm here now. <laughs> ah, <laughs> it's January. Let's have corn on the cob. Yeah. Like dicks who have no seasons. Um. So they show up and there's a awkward look between... Um, Ryan and Lindsay and uh, everyone's like, yeah, that's great. And Seth does the stupid Seth thing where he's like, we're very glad Lindsay is here for dinner. Aren't we, Ryan? <laughs> it's like, the fuck is wrong with you? Drown Seth in a river. Yeah, put him in a bag, like drown a, him like a cat. Yep. Like a long, weird cat. Long, weird cat. Put, the, put that fucking vest on him. <laughs> fucking drown that vest while we're at it. <laughs> <laughs> no, we strip the vest off and burn it separately in front of the manufacturer and be like, this is what we think of your vest. Okay, this is the next scene is, I think this is where I said sweaters might be the hero of the episode for me. Yeah. Uh, this is where Marissa goes back to the boat after dark and yep. confronts Jimmy about what she saw and is like, how could you do this when Julie did what she did to you? How can you let her do this again? And I have to say, from Marissa's perspective, absolutely yes, yes. because she is a 17-year-old kid. Yes. But from the uh, dis- detached outsider's perspective Julie hasn't really done anything besides become the CEO of an organization to like she hasn't done anything like egregiously bad yeah okay let's examine very quickly their on screen relationship that canonically right in the history of the show season one um Season one, we get very little in the vibes of actual loving couple. 
yeah. between Jimmy and Julie. Much more so we get Julie asks Jimmy for the black card a lot uh-huh. so that she can take care of the alopecia pony. Season one was alopecia pony. Yeah. Um, so most of their relationship seems like Julie's in it for the money. Yes. Yeah. Um, then it turns out Julie, uh, Jimmy has been stealing from his clients and is under investigation by the FBI. He gets arrested. Cotillion happens. Um, gets punched. Julie, uh, who still at that time, this is really sort of a character, um, uh, an aspect of her character that's sort of fallen by the wayside is how much she cares about uh, what what her um, reputation is like in the community. Yeah. Because she is doing some messy fucking shit <laughs> in this season. Yeah. And she apparently does not care anymore yeah. what, what the ladies at the... Um, the hot yoga. What or was the, the stupid thing that they dig? Yoga Lotties. Yoga Lotties. Yes, thank you. Um, good memory. She doesn't care what Yoga Lotties ladies are thinking anymore, but she did very much so in season one. It's so. also because yoga and Pilates are a stupid thing to pair together there. I said it. You're right. You're brave to say it. I am brave. Um, so, okay. She divorces him because he's a criminal. Yep. Um, Sandy helps him not go to jail. Somehow, I don't remember how that happened again. Who cares? Um, Same way that Caleb didn't go to jail. Yeah. Um, when does she get with Caleb? Season two. No, no, no. She gets with oh. Caleb in season one. Season one is very long. She gets with Caleb. Julie gets with Caleb in season one. I do not recall. Yeah, she does. Okay. Um, I believe you, but I do not recall specifics. Um... But yeah, okay, like, that's really all she did to him was just, am I, am I misremembering something? I don't think you are. I think. Then she just marries Caleb. Yeah, if we're After gonna, they get a divorce. If we're going to be generous, like. She took the house, but like, that's not. That's, okay. You know, I don't know. But they also got a much bigger house. Mm-hmm. I think. The age gap between Caleb and Julie was probably too much for Julie. Mm-hmm. And it probably made her realize what an actual transactional relationship is like. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Sure. If we're being generous with the character in a way that the writers were not. Because <laughs> they don't yeah. think about these characters. No, they don't. <laughs> Again, they're toddlers. They've got like, the writers have like wet napkins that they've <laughs> jotted down character ideas on and they keep using them to wipe their mouths. So this, this keeps blurring. Does this say Marissa or Muscle? <laughs> Was this the lunch order from last week or is this a plot point? Is Shit. This pers- is, our, is this episode called Pastrami on Rye? <laughs> episode 8, the Pastrami on Rye. <laughs> Little do you know it's actually called that. So, like, what Mar- when Marissa has this confrontation with Jimmy, she's really not talking about what Marissa, what Julie did to Jimmy. She's talking about what Julie did to, to her. her. Yeah. Because if we want to investigate... 
and litigate all the things like, Julie did actually, in season one to her daughter, that yeah. is a whole thing you can get into. We could actually unpack that. Oh, I guess technically she also... Well, no, she didn't... Because she was already divorced when she slept with Luke. Was she with Caleb when she slept with Luke? I can't remember now. Yes, she was, because yeah. she needed that young D to get yeah. over that old D. Yes, okay. Yeah. Um... Anyway, but, but again, she, decided, she didn't do that to Jimmy. They weren't she, together. Hang on. Was she deciding between Caleb and Luke? Doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Who cares? It doesn't matter. Because at least uh, as it pertains to this conversation between Marissa and Jimmy, Jimmy and Julie weren't together at that time. Yeah. So like that has no bearing, but it has all the bearing on the fact that Julie slept with Marissa's ex-boyfriend. Yep. And Marissa's point in this situation is that Jimmy is doing the exact same thing that he was doing when he was with Julie in that he is lying and sneaking, and sneaking around. around. Yeah. Yeah, 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 and yeah. she says something like, why don't you grow up and become a real and become dad? A real dad. Yeah. And. Boy, does Jimmy have an interesting interpretation. Yeah. Jesus Christ. Of that directive. Guys, fucking A. I really want to go to these writers and be like, what? <laughs> like, did the actor want to leave? And so this is what you. I Googled while we were watching the show. I looked up Tate Donovan and he's still a working actor mm -hmm. in 2024. Good for him. And his hair is of. I think he just just has an unfortunate hair kind of pattern. Yeah. Yeah. Oh shit! 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 Okay, we're good. His hair is just his hair. His hair is what it is. But he's been in a bunch of things, so we'll assume that either one or two things happened. Hang on, I'm looking up Tate Donovan real quick. Sorry, I want to look at this hair. Don uh, Donovan. Yeah. So one or two things happened. They did a thing where they were like, we can only have maximum. What is happening? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. Uh, yeah. It's just not. No. I mean, I would kill to have his hair because he has hair. But like this one is like a weird. What's with that weird forehead curl? Yeah. Girl. No. Yeah. He's still a cute guy. It's giving. Hulk in a bad way. What? Mark Ruffalo. Oh, okay. Okay. Sorry. I went to like the comic book, the Hulk. And I'm like, I can't remember what his hair looks like. Whatever. Tay Donvin's cute. I have a photo. Here we go. Here. This is actually better. In some of his roles, they've given him like a normal haircut, like a close cut. Yeah, that's Whatever. not like a weird Clooney thing. They're yeah. trying not to give... They're not giving him weird bangs in this. Okay. Oh, he's super cute when he's young. Back to the plot. Okay, he's very cute. He's very cute when he's younger. He's got a little baby fat around his little face. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's one of the other things you noticed in this episode. His... He's slimming down in a weirdly quick way. Yeah. In between these episodes. Yeah. So, uh, as I was getting to before, 
I got distracted Sorry, by your before we fell down the Tate Donovan hair hole. One of Harry Hole. Harry Hole. <laughs> Sorry, keep going, keep going. If you know, you know. Um, <laughs> one of two things happened. Tate Donovan, the actor, had another project that he wanted to pursue and needed to leave the uh, seminal aughts television series, <laughs> The O.C. Number two, the writers did not know how to balance six plot lines. That's a minimum. lot of plot lines. Yeah. It's a lot. They didn't know how to fit him into anything, mm-hmm. especially because Haley is gone. Yeah. 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 So. Yeah. And we were saying the exact same thing in the first episode of this season because he's living on the boat. And you said something that was like, what are they going to do with Jimmy now? Like, there's nothing to do with him. No. So, yeah, they had to contrive some drama. Is he going to parent? No. Yeah. You know what? Fuck. They could have just had him be a parent. Yeah. That would have been a good choice to make. (laughs) Just like a little very special episode, two minute summary at the end of every episode where Marissa goes to like, I don't know, his boat, a coffee shop, a taekwondo studio. Dad, <laughs> what did we learn this week? <laughs> right. Okay. Yeah. Writers of this fucking show. You'll never hear our podcast get into our DMs. but i would love to to zoom interview you and be like what was Why? the thought process here you know because i understand it's not an easy thing to do but like okay ah oh, fucking hey what would have been what would have made even a sliver of more sense is if they would have said something like if marissa when flouncing in this scene would have said something like i just wish you would leave or something like that yeah yeah. Because she, as a teen, gets to be I irrational. I just want you out of my life, Dad. Blah, blah, blah. Yeah, yeah. right. So then then it would be like, okay, then he could make the he could make the commitment to this company, whatever this company is that uh-huh. sells thoroughbreds or whatever the fuck, or sells boats. Yachts. Yachts in Miami. Yeah. Um, he could make the commitment because then she could be like, I didn't mean it. I didn't, you know, she could, we could still have like a dramatic scene between the two of them but he could be like sweetheart you know i thought you know this is now this is the thing that i'm really doing i'm committed to this it won't be forever but maybe you know maybe you do need some space from me or something like that would have been something yeah other than she says why don't you grow up and be a real dad and he takes that to mean leave her alone yeah i should fuck off and leave her with the people she hates yeah what the Fuck you guys. That doesn't make any fucking sense. In what world does fucking off mean being a good dad when you're one of the only actual stable relationships this girl has in her fucking life? Uh, Eh. uh, The writers don't care. uh, They don't care. So now we transition to... uh, I don't know how to describe this. The undershirt... <laughs> the wife beater. it's a tank top yeah the they they keep top. calling it a wife beater because yep. that's what they called them at the time but it's yep. a tank top yep. so <laughs> ryan walks into the pool house and seth is wearing one of his tank tops 
or rather the tank top is wearing Seth. Like it's just bad. It's a bad look. This is very, the show trying to be self-aware. And it, I don't know. It's pretty funny. It was funny. I think it succeeded a little bit. Yeah. Um. It, like you can tell where the nipples are like stretched out <laughs> on this fucking tank top. Ryan's and Ryan, like, understandably, what are you doing? Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah, I wanted to borrow this. He's like, I'm a bad boy now. He wants to borrow his wrist cuff. He wants to borrow his neck. What is this? Uh, uh, Joker. This Joker from season one. He's like, what's the thing you used to wear on your neck? <laughs> Ryan's like, no, 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 no. And they're talking about their relationships and how Ryan is becoming the, the like the good boy. Uh, and Seth desperately wants to be the bad boy, but that is not happening. It's not going to happen. He's a Jewish grandma. Yeah. They talk a little bit about how uh, dinner went, because dinner was awkward. Yep. There was something profound that I was going to say, but we're just going to pretend that I said it. I mean, go ahead. Wow. That was, yeah. Holy shit. I know. That was so profound. (laughs) Was it something about spousal abuse? No, it was about... Just like... Learning to embrace who you are, but no one knew how to embrace who they were when they were 16 or 17. And that's the whole point. Yeah. Of that's the, that's the joy of watching this show. You're like, I am so far beyond that now. Although the 16 and 17 year olds in our lives, they're doing a pretty good job. Of just being themselves sort of authentically. We didn't have the resources to find out who we were. We had encyclopedias. I also guess the environment was was different because I was bullied terribly. Absolutely. And you were sort of embarrassed of like everything all the time. I was more bullied in middle school and I just sort of kept it myself in high school as a result of the... Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyway, I'm proud of the kids in my life that they're sort of like they're already growing into the the people they will be, you know, much faster than I think I ever had the ability to. Okay, now that I'm thoroughly depressed. <laughs> no, look at this as a good thing. Yeah. You know, like these characters in this show uh don't know who the fuck they are cuz, you know, they're coming of age in the 2000s whereas, you know, the kids that are coming of age now here in 2024 um, have a little bit more understanding about the potential that they can, you know, manifest for themselves, the agency that they can take in their lives. Also, their parents um, are sort of really encouraging them to be who they authentically are. Yeah. Which is great. Good job for them. Good job for them. Um, Yes. Okay. So there's that scene. They talk about how awkward dinner was. And Seth is like, I want to be a bad boy for Alex. And um, Ryan's like, why? Ryan's like, don't do that. That's dumb. Yeah. Uh, and also, do I want to fuck my sister? Because they're still on that whole thing. And also, my hair is very weird in this episode. Ryan's? Yeah. You think? Yeah. They just gave him the normal bangs they usually give him. There, No, there was like a section that's like down past his earlobes and then there's like the bangs and the bangs are not interacting with the 
faux sideburn part. <laughs> it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. Every- okay. Uh, what's the next scene? The next scene is we're off to the Modest Mouse concert. Ah, yes. Here we are. Girls. What album are they promoting? They're promoting Good News for People Who Love Bad News, which is the record that perhaps partially due to this episode ruined Modest Mouse for the real heads. Really? Yeah. You said their next album was the real banger though, right? No, their first album was the real banger. Oh, um, their second album is one that I got introduced to. And is that I, this one? No. 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 Anyway. So are you saying this is the reason Modest Mouse sold out? Yes. Oh. In terms of when we were mad at people selling out. Yeah. And without having the understanding that Spotify would happen <laughs> and <laughs> they should sell out as much and as often as possible. Yep. To as many car commercials as they could get their little hands on and then sock that money away into a high yield savings account with interest. Yes, and pay their taxes. And pay taxes. Yeah. Anyway, so Isaac Brock is clearly lip syncing, but he's somehow sweaty, which is, I, I commend him. Yeah, for really giving it. Yeah. 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 They're bringing it. Yep. Even though they are lip syncing. Yep. So this is when Seth sidles up to Alex at the bar with a flask. And so here's the first thing that I thought about this scene. Seth brought a flask of what he calls John (laughs) to the show. If it's a flask and he was... I don't think he's really fully committed to the bad boy thing. Why didn't he just put, like, juice in it? The flask, you know? Why wasn't he like, mmm, oh, it's burned so good. It's like apple juice. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But it's real whiskey. And um, he proceeds to say, I. he proceeds to communicate to Alex that he is now a bad boy. <laughs> And is going to, in fact, go stand by the speaker and get tinnitus. Because <laughs> he doesn't care about he doesn't tinnitus. Care yeah. about- he says tinnitus. I always think it's tinnitus, but it doesn't matter. Anyway. Yeah. E- ear damage. Alex is obviously not buying Extremely this. Extremely skeptical. Yes. Yes. She's, it may be partially due to the fact that he doesn't know that it's called John... He says, or Jim, yeah. or Jack. He starts with John, and he's like, no, I mean Jim. No, I mean Jack. They're all my friends. <laughs> right, and he takes the swig, and he nearly pukes. Yep. It's so bad, and she's like, oh, yeah, I really, really like that there, huh? Also, where did he get a flask? That's a great question. Where the fuck did he get a where flask? Where the fuck did he? How did he get the flask into the venue? Because that... Would not have been possible for him to do. I don't think they did as severe pat downs in venues then. All right. As they do now. I think they would have had full on metal detectors and all that shit, but. You think? Yeah. For Modest Mouse at the bait shop? 
who knows, man? Who knows? Anyway, so yes, he's like, I'm going to be over there being a bad boy. And Alex is like, okay. So now we go to the extraordinarily inexplicable scene where Jimmy has decided to confess to the Coens that he is banging Julie. What is this? What is this fucking scene? What is this scene? What, what I think what we're very awkwardly trying to communicate to the audience is uh, Sandy and Kirsten are everybody's dad and mom. <laughs> And so Jimmy feels compelled to confess. And he, this is where he says, so I found a job as a yacht salesman in in Maui. Maui. Oh, Maui, 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 Maui. Okay. As in Hawaii. As in Hawaii. Yes. And they're like, why? (laughs) And he's like, cuz. And they're like, okay. Because my daughter told me to be a dad. (laughs) And they're like, oh, that doesn't make any sense, but okay. And he's like, see you, bye. And he's like, I also want to bring up the awkward fact that I kissed your wife or I tried to kiss your wife. Sorry about that. He goes through the entire everything that he did in the entire first season. He's like. But I stole a bunch of money, and then I uh, slept with your 25-year-old sister for yeah. all summer. And yeah. then she went away, so now, because my daughter wants me to be a dad, I'm leaving. Yep. <laughs> this is so stupid. Oh, God. Later in the episode, I just want to get this out now before I forget. They try to do this stupid fucking thing between Jimmy and Kirsten, where they're like, Oh, if we would have been married, blah, blah, blah. I certainly, he's like, well, if I would have married you, I would, I would never leave. Like, what does that serve? That, it's, what, why, what? Kirsten is very happy with Sandy. Sandy is the best person in this universe. The writers are just wanking. They're just wanking. Yep. Ugh. <sighs> so we go from that. And this it's a weird interlude from the show to that scene. We go back to Modest Mouse then, don't we? I feel like we could have sequenced these scenes maybe a little differently, but Because this is where now Seth is fully drunk. And Zach is trying to talk to Summer, right? No? Yeah, but first Lindsay Oh yes, Lindsay and Ryan are holding hands and Truly, she, she she goes. I get the. You're giving me the pinky. But wait, <laughs> before we touch on that, I think my only more favorite thing than people in scenes where they're at prom, where they're or whatever, where they're clearly no one is dancing to the same song. Uh huh. Clearly, no one in this audience is listening to the same performance. Yes, correct. Yeah. Because they do a pan across the audience and they're like, yeah. <laughs> and this other person standing next to him was like, yeah, but at a different tempo. <laughs> <laughs> like, 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 how could they have gotten everyone on the same page realistically? Yeah, I've never worked 
on a scene like that in no. a professional production like that. So they never I'm sure it's very I'm sure it's very difficult because we've yet to see it work really well. <laughs> so yeah, they're enjoying the concert, except Ryan is doing this weird thing where he's just being Lindsay weird. Is trying to hold Ryan's hand and he kind of slides, like wiggles the hands and just like grasps her pinky he gives her the pinky yes he gives her his pinky and she's like you're giving me the pinky yep all right nope that's it let's go outside we gotta talk about this yep so they go outside and before they can really get any edge into their conversation olivia wilde comes barreling out and is like come get your boy um so before that though Okay. Uh, Zach and Summer are at the concert. Oh, yeah. And this is where Cohen comes up and is like, hey, guys, I love you both. Ah. Oh, yeah. And he's screaming because of the tinnitus or tinnitus. Yes. And he's like, so, Zach, she's totally cool with it then, right? That's good for you, bro. Great. And uh, Summer's, Summer's like, like, cool with what? <laughs> because girls are aren't cool (laughs) our natural default setting is suspicion yes and hysteria yeah yes 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 which comes from hysterectomy yeah the the, yeah it's this uterus uh brain disease yep thank you i didn't come up with it for them explaining that to me. Eee, <laughs> Fiddly dee. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know either. We're getting loopy. It is hour 47 of this broadcast. <laughs> this broadcast. So yes, first Cohen fucks everything up for the two of them. And, and, and when he comes up and links his arms between the two of them and starts, turns his head to Summer and says something, Summer goes, you smell like Marissa. Yes. (laughs) Yes, 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 yes. You're drunk. He's like, I'm a bad boy. Yes. And he spills the beans about the tutor. Yep. Essentially. Yep. In that he has to force Zach's hand. Yep. To say. Zach was trying to tell her. Yep. He was like, we haven't talked about our our winter breaks yet. Which, again, I love to do at very loud concerts of bands that I would have given my eye teeth to see. Yeah. Yeah. I love to go to concerts and talk about anything else besides what is happening. Besides shut the fuck up and watch the concert. Besides shut the fuck up and watch the concert. (laughs) Yeah, so then, uh, yeah, Ryan and and, uh, Lindsay trying to have a conversation, but the Levery Wild is like, get your boy, he's puking all over the merch table, and now I have to clean that up. Commercial break. Because he doesn't work there anymore. Yeah, apparently he quit. Seth sucks. He sucks. Seth sucks. He sucks. Okay, uh, what happens after commercial... Oh, no, 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 it's not commercial break yet. It's, um... This is where the boys pull up to the Cohen stronghold, and Ryan is trying to be like, okay, we're gonna be real stealth now. Yep. We're gonna be nice and quiet. And Seth is like, stealth. Yeah, he's like, we're gonna be stealthy! I can be the stealthiest boy! 
And this is where he does. And he some... proceeds to like pull himself out of the fucking car window and directly into like a garbage can. Yeah. Yeah. He it's <laughs> yeah. He does some pretty good physical comedy it's good. here. It's good. Sandy comes out and is like, what the fuck is going on? Where is Seth? And then, yeah, Seth's head he pops, pops up, up like wearing the top, wearing he's the like, trash can lid as a hat. like, like Dad, Oscar the Grouch. Stealth. Big stealth, Dad. Then he rolls over the hood of the car. <laughs> That's not even me exaggerating for comedic effect. He does literally roll over the hood of the car. Yeah. It is great. It's, it's yeah, it's pretty good. It's good little body work. Pretty good. Then we do it. Then we commercial break. Yep. On Sandy's face, looking at Ryan like, "You bring me this." The eyebrows are not having it. <laughs> <laughs> so now, Marissa is on Jimmy's boat again, and it's morning now. It's morning. Next day. Yep. And this is when Jimmy is like, I need to learn how to be a real dad. <laughs> so I'm fucking off to In Maui. Maui. The fucking Christ. Whenever they actually articulate this plan, it's like, what? Can, can you hear yourself? Like, it, it, it. Without the constant. I'm trying to think of how to phrase this. I feel like it's extremely realistic for a shitty dad to go have another kid in a far off locale Mm -hmm. and come back and be like, look how great I am to this kid Mm -hmm. who's not you. Mm -hmm. But they don't telegraph it every single step of the way. Sure. Do you know what I'm getting at? Wait, are you saying he has a kid in Maui? No, I'm saying that in real life. or in books that I have read or something. Mm -hmm. This has been a thing that's happened, but they haven't been like, son slash daughter. I must leave you now. They just fuck off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They fuck off without saying anything, without having a goodbye party. Yeah, certainly not a fucking goodbye party. With the entire city of... Where do they live? Newport Beach. Newport Beach, who hate him still. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. So obviously, uh, shock and surprise, uh, Marissa reacts poorly to this. Yep. Because she's like, cool, you're leaving. You're the only thing that was keeping me sane. So let's see how this goes. Yep. (laughs) It'll be fun to see. As he just sort of stares at her while she's like breaking down. Yeah. Because he's like, you good? And she's like, yeah, uh, I'm great. (laughs) Especially because you were the only thing keeping me sane. This should be fun to watch. Like. I have never had a child, but if I were to extrapolate and say literally anyone in my life had this reaction to me saying, I'm going to go move across the country, Mm -hmm. I would at least have a scene with the Coens where I was like, am I doing the right thing? Yeah. You know, minimum. So they could be like, no, no. Right? Maximum, I would be like, perhaps I should stay and be a parent to slash whatever figure I am to this child. (laughs) To the only kid you have with any screen time left. (laughs) (laughs) (sighs) It's going to bring the alopecia pony to Maui. 
Okay, so then next scene, Seth is waking up. He's very hungover. He's obviously super grounded. Also, not accurate for teens. Teens... Don't get hungover? No. I mean, I guess if you drank, like, more than a fifth of... Teens are very bouncy and resilient, is what I'm saying. Okay. And he would have had to do a lot of off-screen drinking to achieve... Well, I also don't think that he's, like... I don't think he has a hydration routine in his life. I suppose. So, he's very dehydrated. Oh, my God. We've never seen anyone drink water on this show. Never. Literally never. never. They just don't do it. So... So, he's hurting pretty bad, is my assumption. (laughs) Also, he fell into those trash cans pretty hard. So, his head probably hurts just from collision alone. Um, So, yeah. Okay. There are various wait staff and catering staff busy buzzing about. Uh, Oh, but he also comes into the pool house hungover to apologize to Ryan. Yes. And Ryan's like, yeah, you did some shit last night, my man. You did some real shit last night. You broke the bro bro code with Zach. Uh, by spilling the beans, uh, and this he puked all over the merch table. Uh huh. And this is where Ryan throws a bottle of aspirin directly <laughs> at Seth's head, and I I don't think this is like camera, um, shenanigans. No, I he think hits him in the head. Actually, the, yeah. hits him in the head. <laughs> And it's great because Seth slowly turns to Ryan and just goes, thank you. (laughs) That's the least of things I would throw at Seth's head if I lived in this world and had to put up with his shit. Starting with the PlayStation. (laughs) Ending with the unsheathed bagel (laughs) slicer. Slicer. Yes. Oh, Christ. Slice side out. Yeah, slice side out. Yes. Yeah. Fucking Seth Cohen. So the gist of this, besides throwing the aspirin at him, is he's like, oh, I have to fix at least one of these things. What will be the messiest thing for me to go fix that my dad will hate the most? Right, and how do I do it in the most destructive way possible? Oh, I know, I'll steal my grandfather's car. Jesus Christ. I do love this is the scene where he's like, I should be used to this by now, but why are we catering? What's happening right now? They're like, Jimmy's moving away, and he's like, okay. And Kirsten greets him as the wino. Yes. She's like, hello, and it's my son, the wino. Yep. Yep. Uh, The parents make it abundantly clear he is... Hell of grounded. Hell of grounded. Exceptionally grounded. He's like, I just got to go make it up to this girl. And they're like, "Uh, get the The fuck dressed. (laughs) No. You are on house arrest, motherfucker. You are lucky we don't have your ass in a fucking ankle bracelet right now. Also... You're lucky we're not fucking Black Snake Moan chaining you to a fucking radiator. (laughs) You idiot. Also, any actual awkward teen would have used his QWERTY keyboard on his flip phone or the, the... What was it called? The... When you had the flip phone and you had to press the number. Oh, 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 fuck. What was it? A bunch of times to make a letter. Yeah, I know what you're talking about, but I don't do remember that. what it's called. It's like ISO 39 or something like that. Something like that. He had to, uh, he would ISO 39 this bitch. He, <laughs> his level of awkward, he absolutely oh, would not. Shit. It would have been a paragraph long of milady. 
It hurts that we know this character better than the writers know him. It does. It does. It does. It does. So now Zach is at Summer's house with a peace offering of the novelization of The The Valley. Valley, the show within the show that Summer is at least obsessed with. I don't think any of the other characters are at this point. Yeah. Um, And she's like, I have the hardcover signed by Tom Hanks's son, but <laughs> nice try, you bitch. Right. Nice try, loser. Donate it to the library. <laughs> Which, A, makes me love Summer a lot because, again, it's going back to our theory that Summer is secretly smart. Yes. And she loves reading. Yep. And signed copies of books. Yep. Also in this scene... um, I think we get more jokes about her stepmom. Uh, that's next scene. Oh, that's next scene. Oh, no, okay. I'm sorry. That's not next scene. That's the uh, last scene with the two of them. Okay. Because uh, she just leaves him there. She's like, why don't you go fuck a tutor about it, dick face? <laughs> and she leaves and he's just kind of like. That, yeah, this is where we're setting up that she's going to Jimmy's party by herself. She's yes. like, you can. She's like, I'm going stag. You can rub it out on my bed. With Make your sure you tutor. clean it up. With your tutor, you fucking bitch. And she leaves. And now it is party time. Unce, 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 unce. I'm gonna... Drinks are flowing. There's a lot of champagne in this, by the way. Like, the adult characters are constantly drinking champagne. I wanted to make note. Champagne is the classy drink to drink, girly. How alcoholic is champagne? I don't... I don't... I mean... I had essentially a whole bottle of it. Jimmy and Kirsten are drinking red wine in later. her bedroom later. Yeah, when they have their stupid, like, what if we would have gotten married? <laughs> I'm going to look up the... You should, like, beatbox some more. I'm going to look up the music in this episode because... Oh, yeah, we were so confused. Like, what the fuck is this song that they're playing? What yes. is she saying? Yes. Why? The OC. The music in this entire episode was sort of really strange. Uh, well, I mean, they threw in a bunch of Modest Mouse because obviously we're promoting mm-hmm. good news for people who love bad news. Anyway, um, it's the it's the party. There's a bunch of fucking strangers that we do not recognize that are supposed to be like, oh, these are Jimmy's friends, I guess. Kirsten is wearing... And I want to describe this accurately. Okay. Layer one is a tan camisole. I described it as a baby Bjorn. Well, because, okay, layer one is a tan camisole. Okay. Uh Silky spaghetti straps. Curiously and inexplicably layered on top of that is a backless. um, uh, What's... uh, What's it called when the the uh, the clasp of something? It's not shoulder straps. It goes around the back of the neck. What is that? Halter. Yes, thank you. It is a backless halter sweater with like a big slouch neck, like a um a draped a draped neck. It is so confusing. 
I'm like, what the fuck is happening with this outfit? It's a Bjorn. It's like a weird, yeah, knit baby Bjorn halter over a tan camisole. It is so confusing. Evan? Yeah. I would like you to do a dramatic reading of the lyrics of the song that... How did you find it? I have my ways. Okay, here we go. Dramatic reading. It's called Save This Town by Blue Foundation. Both things I have definitely heard of. Okay. Come around to this fine town where freedom makes the world go round. Yeah, this is exactly it. You found it. Because I remember that verse and being like, what the fuck is this song talking about? And where dreams are found and carried out. Even in the afternoon, you can go there fishing for the moon and the fairy lights glow like fireflies. Come on, save it. Come on, save it. Every single one. Come on, save it. Come on, save this town. Growing from diversity out of true originality, it's the place to be, and that's why. What does that mean? Yep. I fear the need to standardize, and I fear the guys with normal eyes. It's a precious child. Come give it a try. Are they talking about the metric system? (laughs) And we try every single one. Come on, save it. Come on, save this town. I know that we can't save this town alone. So this is why I say, come on and raise your voice and spread these words around. Come on, save it. Come on, save it. Every single one. Come on, save it. Come on, save this town. Okay, so let's find out if Blue Foundation uh, speaks English. Um, we're going to have to try and find their Wikipedia page. We're going to have to try and find their Wikipedia page, everybody. Let's see if I can just talk it and have it happen. Wikipedia page, Blue Foundation, banned. This is why you guys come to our podcast. Here we go. Danish. All right. There we go. That would do it. This song is playing while everyone is drinking champagne. What? No, sorry. Sorry. We have to come back to Blue Foundation for a second. All right. Blue Foundation is a Danish band. Their cinematic dream pop shoegaze and electronics Uh, Inspired compositions are known for being featured in films such as, I need you to do a guess for what the very first one is. Uh, 10 Things I Hate About You. Twilight. (laughs) (laughs) And TV shows such as CSI Miami and The Vampire Diaries. What? The OC doesn't even make their Wikipedia? No. Boo. Holy Christ. Okay. They're still active. Years pres- years active, 2000 to present. Uh, members currently, Tobias Wilner and Bo Randy. Past members, Andres Bertram, Tatsuki Oshima, Scott Martingell, Frederick Hantho, Daisuke Kiyasu, Kirsten Teg- Tegelbjerg. Oh my God. Kirsten was in this band? That's why they're in the scene! Hans Landgreen, Matthias Hantho, Lessie Herbst, Soon Martin, Anders Wallen, Nikolai Bundvig, and Emil Bernald Firstlev. There have been... 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10. There have been 14 fucking brass past members of this band. <laughs> wow. Wow. 
Okay, this is the longest episode of this podcast and this podcast history. Oh, we're not even close yet. We're not even close. We've gone we've gone three hours before. We're just oh, we're almost to two hours at this we're point. We're gonna we're gonna we're gonna clip through some things. Okay, here we go. Okay. This party is fucking great. Doesn't somebody at some point later say, well, you you wanted to have a good old traditional OC party? Uh-huh. Because this party is one of the more... This I'm going to go out on a limb and say this is the most dramatic party this show has had that no one got punched at. And it also... The, the, the sound design of the penultimate moment that you're talking about does not lend itself to... The characters in the scene that is the big dramatic scene mm-hmm. are talking at normal volumes. Yeah. And at no point does it seem like the people in the party are stopping to listen. Mm-hmm. There's still like party chatter. There's still whatever. Yeah. Villain, the sound design. Yeah. People. Yeah. Yeah. But also, again, so like beyond the modest mouse and blue origin or whatever the fuck is this blue foundation. Um, <laughs> The score of this episode Blue is really mascara. weird. Blue Mascara. <laughs> Blue Man Group. Um, <laughs> the score of this episode is really weird. Yeah. Like, they, they, they do things with this episode that I would... I'd love to look more into it, but anyway. Let's go over dramatic things that happen in this Who fucking... Who has that kind of time? That's true. Okay, let's go over dramatic things that happen in this fucking thing. Um... Caleb sees Lindsay. Um, Lindsay shows up to the party uh, and is and Brian is being awkward. Uh-huh. Um, Lindsay. Uh, sorry. Uh, uh, Jimmy hasn't actually even told Julie yet. So she had to learn about this when she was invited to his going away party. She is shooting daggers at him when she shows up with Caleb. But before that, Seth is like, hey, Ryan. I think I'm going to use you as cover for leaving this party because there are enough motherfuckers here that my parents who are laser zoned in to how much in fucking trouble I am. (laughs) I'm just going to go see... Olivia Wilde somehow. Really, all Seth needed to say was like, look, Ryan, you and I both know that this party is going to be a shit show at some point. I feel I can safely duck out and no one's going to notice that I'm gone. But that is not how Seth phrases this. And therefore, Ryan is like, I don't think this is a good idea. Yep. Ryan tries to be a good brother, but Seth is an idiot. So he steals his grand. We don't know this yet, but he steals his grandfather's Aston Martin to go talk to Alex. Okay, and this is where Sandy and Jimmy are talking, and Julie comes up with a throwing star of a statement necklace <laughs> that I fully expected her to rip off and like stab Jimmy just in the, the eye with. Jugular, or whatever. Yes. Yeah, it's just right in his eyeball. Yes, <laughs> take this to Maui, you shit. <laughs> it's huge. It's impressive. Yep. Yeah. Uh, there is no character on this show that can stare daggers like what's her name? Who's who plays Julie? Yep. Yep. Cooley Jooper. Cooley Jooper. Um. Anyway, nobody can stare daggers like that actor. She is incredible. Again, team Julie Cooper at all times in all ways. Yeah. For all things. Yeah. Yep. Like the, the the faces she makes. I would never want to wrong Julie Cooper. 
because I would never want to see that face, that scowling face. Yeah. That's so beautiful. So they end up in the Cohen master bedroom, which is weird. Like, why would they have that conversation in a bedroom? Yeah. But who cares? It's it's one of the only rooms that has privacy, I assume. Yeah. And this is where Julie says, did you really think that I would leave you again? <laughs> we do. We, Julie, Julie we, do. we do. Julie, hon, do you remember when you were about to fuck the male stripper <laughs> in season one? Julie, we love you because you are the personification of an id. Yes. 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 Julie, you forget that you have literally two daughters all of the time. <laughs> she lives in her authentic life. Yep. Like, she is pure agency. Is she yoga lattes? Yes. Is yes. she also statement necklace? Yes. yes. Is she fucking a 17-year-old sometimes? Yes. Is she yes. a smoky eye? Is she yes. a smoky eye? Is she a yes. bottle redhead? Yes. Is she a CEO? Yes. Yes. Is she a cunt? Yes, yes, and. Yes, and. Yes, exactly. Is she a queen? Yes. Is she an empress? Yes. So this is she is- on top? Yes. Yes. I don't think Julie Cooper has been on the bottom of a missionary situation in her entire life. Absolutely. She's on top all the time. Uh-huh. She is riding that dick. Yeah. She's possibly pegging. There you go. Yes. Yes. (laughs) Um, Next scene. This is where Summer is sitting at a table by herself and Ryan and Lindsay come upon her sitting by herself and she's like, oh my God, people I know. No one is chaining these teenagers (laughs) to this adult party for a dude that they don't even really like. Yeah. Why are all the teens here? Why are they shackled to this party? Why? It makes no sense. It, why did Summer go in the first place? It is a party for a grown adult ass man. What the fuck? Yeah. Marissa's not even there until later. No. When shit goes horribly she's dramatic. There. She's there right now. It pops off as soon as Ryan and... Lindsay kind of settled themselves at the table and they have 0.4 seconds of small talk. It pops off. Yes. Your girl rolls up with DJ. She's obviously... This is another thing that this episode is doing. The camera work is interesting. Yeah. They move the camera a lot more in this episode than they typically do. I first noticed it when they did the move when um, when Ra- they block it so that Ryan is leaving the pool house crossing the patio and going into the back door Mm -hmm. and he's followed. They track with him the whole time. And I noticed it then I was like, they're moving the camera a lot more in this episode. Tracking shot. Look at that. Um, They do a weird at the very end, the very last shot when um, Sandy is showing Lindsay how to schmear. Is it Lindsay? Marissa. Marissa. Thank you. They're showing Marissa how to schmear. Um, they walk. That's not a euphemism. We'll get to it. Yes. No, don't worry. Uh, they, they're walking it back, but they're also doing a really weird, like, it's hard for me to describe. They're canting it a little bit left and right. It's really peculiar. They didn't need to do that because it's obviously a steady camp. So they did it on purpose. Um, anyway, so they're also with, they're using the camera work. I'd like to know who directed this episode because. 
whatever they're doing, they're trying to put some stink on it. Uh, the editing and the camera work when Marissa gets out of the car and is walking into the scene um, and DJ's like putting his hand on her lower back and he's like, you okay? And she's like, I'm fine. Uh, the camera work is really messy. Like they're moving the camera to give her motion, like even more drunkenness. It is directed by Leslie Gladder. Okay. Let's keep our eye on Leslie Gladder episodes going forward. To see if we can notice things. That like is this. generously assuming that one person wants to direct more than one episode of this show. <laughs> but okay. But yeah, so she comes out, and it's very obvious she's drunk. And I, I, like, even though it was, um, even though it was distracting, the camera work does help add to that. Yeah. So she's obviously wasted. Uh, she goes up to Julie and she's like, look who it fucking is. It's the slut of the hour. Uh, she actually does say she calls her mom a whore. She calls her a whore. She calls her a slut. Uh-huh. This She goes the fuck off in this party. Um, Julie is like, oh, it's the it's DJ. Let me guess. You gave her tequila. And he's like, she was like this when I picked her up. And DJ, you thought it was a good idea to take her to the party, my man? <laughs> DJ has no interiority. DJ <laughs> is an accessory to all these scenes. You're right. Also, the tequila thing. Racist. Very racist. Racist. Yeah. Don't like that, Julie. Don't like it, Julie. Not my favorite thing that you've done. And Julie, uh, Marissa, after she throws some more insults at her mom, she's like, let's go, DJ, before she tries to sleep with you. <laughs> When she so she goes into the party and she's like, "Why don't we tell everyone why you're leaving, Dad? Why don't we fucking tell everyone why you're leaving? Do they ever actually no. spill the beans? No. Okay. Yeah. Then she's not. like, "Yeah, DJ, before my mom tries to suck your dick or something, <laughs> you whore." Um, she she gets one big. What's the big one where she's like, "Why the fuck wouldn't I act? Why? Obviously, I'm fucked the up." Daughter of the a of thief, a thief and, and a slut. slut. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just, I, I have a vague idea of what your teenage relationship to your parents was like. I'm trying to imagine saying, I, okay, maybe I would have said either of those things to my mom. Especially if you're drunk. Yeah. Yeah. But I didn't get drunk. I no. was just. I'm saying like in a, in yeah. a world where you were also drinking. Yeah. Yeah. But also, Marissa's hardcore. Yeah. Christ. Jesus. Yeah. Um, I was living through this whole fucking scene. I was like, <laughs> yes. Num, 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 Drama. Love it. So then, Marissa and DJ disappear into the night. And this is where we transition to the Kirsten and Jimmy scene, which we've already touched on how gross the one it's part was. weird and stupid. But also in this scene, Jimmy's like, can you, can you just check in? on her from time to time and instead of being like no <laughs> you fucking weirdo you could not move to Maui you putz or you could use a cell phone <laughs> which exists and call your daughter Kirsten's like yeah okay um, you're my oldest friend you're my oldest yes 
Yeah, because she's like, well, Caleb is also in that house, but I will do anything for my oldest friend. Yeah, yes. whatever. Um, the source material that I am referencing, Anonymous Eagle, thank you, says, I thank them and they will never listen to this podcast. They will never know. Do they have an email address we could send something to? Dear, uh, Thanks for being the skeleton of every episode of our edi- stupid podcast. An edible arrangement. <laughs> Are you allergic to pineapple? <laughs> um, me, I would have just said absolutely, Jimmy, and then put Ryan in charge of it. Yeah. Oh, yes. Oh, perfect. <laughs> perfect insight, Anonymous Eagle. Well done. So this is the part where Caleb and Julie decide to get their car back from the valet that exists at this house party. Yep. And the valet comes back and says quite calmly. Uh, There's there's a problem with your car, sir. What does Caleb say? (laughs) He says, you scratched the Aston Martin. And he's like, Nasan is gone. (laughs) (laughs) Sir, your car's been stolen. Hard cut immediately to Seth with the Aston Martin at Alex's house. And And Alex going, where did you get this car? (laughs) I stole it. I'm a bad boy. (laughs) And this is a continuation of Sweaters being the hero of this episode. Yeah. And this is a continuance continuation of the theme of when they need to soften a female character, wardrobe puts them in a sweater. Yeah. But we didn't talk about the part where I initially identified sweaters as the hero. Marissa and Jimmy were in a scene and Jimmy was wearing like this really cozy looking Mm -hmm. pale blue fisherman's type sweater. Yep. And cable knit. Cable knit. And Marissa was wearing like a... like a like a hot topic fair isle sweater. Yeah. It had little hearts and little stripies and they just both look cute as fuck. Yep. But going back to this. Yeah. So Alex is now wearing uh a Robin Eggs blue sweater with like a cool embroidery yeah. on the on the chest. Yeah. Uh, and cool embroidery on the sleeves. Oh, it says like love or love in Spanish. Something like that. Like yeah. not the, not love, not a more. It, it says like love in Spanish. Yeah, like in English. So, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's, it's, it's confusing. It's a confusing sweater. Um, but the, yeah, wardrobe is doing the thing where they need to soften her for this scene. Yes. Because she says, Seth, you're obviously not a bad boy. I've been, No, she says, Seth, I've been with a lot of bad boys. You are definitely not one of them. And he's like, well, I guess I'll just, I'll just go fucking streganona some spaghetti for you and she's like no 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 no. you're not getting it like that's the reason i like you is because you're not one of the bad boys and he's like you like me (laughs) and then before yeah before the scene can get any sappier the cops come like is this your car sir and he's like she likes me (laughs) and then the cops obviously let him off they shoot him a lot oh wait no yeah no he's a white guy and he (laughs) likes her correct yes yeah yes i did it for love officer krupke (laughs) (laughs) officer krupke i love it good reference so this is when this is commercial break then we come back Zach is sitting at the foot of Summer's bed in Summer's bedroom, enraptured in some dialogue about high vibrations. He's listening to one of her books on tape. No, he's watching an actual episode of 
the hills the is not the valley no remember no? the thing that he's doing oh. because if you remember earlier it, the first episode of this season so, okay yeah she's talking about vibrating at a high level yeah and this is one of those books on tape that she's been listening to about vibrations see my mind went to because he was actively staring at a maybe it's a vhs or something then that maybe the characters on the show within the show oh. were also talking about high vibrations and low vibrations oh, okay so either way he's immersing himself yep. in things that yep. are important yep. to summer it's very summer coded whatever he's consuming yes and summer comes in and is like what the fuck are you doing here and he's like your mom parked me in and she's super like he's franked like, out is she alive <laughs> yeah and that's where yeah summer's like yeah, she's just on a lot of medication what are you doing here and then she stabs him again she's like why aren't you off fucking a tutor or she's yeah. like uh, he's like, yeah, he's like, I wanted to talk or something like that. And she's like, well, maybe you should fuck a tutor and then, oh, no, no, no. She's like, well, you should tell Cohen and then he should get drunk and then he should tell me because you tell Cohen everything before you tell me while you're fucking tutors. And that's where he's like, hey, this is sort of this is sort of a big deal for us because yeah. it's our first fight. That's not about Cohen. Right. And she says, it's not necessarily that you did the kissing. It's that you told Cohen first and not me. Oh, it absolutely would have been about the kissing. It obviously would have been about the kissing. It would have been girls. But yes. yes. Yeah. Yeah. Anyway, but he's like, I'll tell you everything. And she's like, oh, so you're expecting to fuck up again, huh? And he's like, guess we'll find out. Ah, Charming smile. And she's like, flutter my eyelashes. You can't see me because. It's um, not a visual medium. Podcasts are not a visual medium, but I'm doing like the, um, the what's his name the frog from the wb or the cw not wb is it phineas j frog phineas j frog i'm doing a phineas j frog dance (laughs) so this is when we go to ryan and Lindsay at the pool house after the party and uh, they're sitting together and Lindsay's like, okay, maybe we should just kiss in the name of science and see if it's really like kissing your sister. And Ryan's like, are you sure? And she's like, yeah. And she's like, does she kiss him first? They kiss together. They kiss together. Yeah. And then Kirsten pokes her head in and they're like, oh, fuck. Hey. And she's like, have you guys seen Seth? And they're like, we're looking for him too. We're looking in here. She's like, okay, I'll keep He's looking. He's not here. Yeah. <laughs> we can say definitively. We can say definitively. He's neither. He's not in either of our mouths. <laughs> That's where we're looking right now. We'll we'll let you know what we discover. And then we trans. Well, let's just really let's say very quickly that it is obviously not like kissing sisters because no. they are smooching. They're smorching. They are smorching. Like yes. Yes. And they go right back to smorching once Kristen is gone. Uh, Kirsten. Kirsten. And uh, they're like, maybe, maybe, maybe we just keep this to ourselves for now. And they're like, yeah, yeah. smooch, smooch, smooch. Yep. Smooch. Oh, and then they beyond which is, just smooching. Which is- which is the best kind of thing to do on this show. D- to have a thing that you have to keep <laughs> from everybody else. Will end and famously well. Beautifully. <laughs> they do the thing where they're like smooch, 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 and they kind of like fall over onto the bed. I don't think they're fucking, but they're definitely smooching. You think they're fucking? No. Okay, no, they are not fucking. Lindsay is too practical for that. Yes, 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 yes. 
She has like the honor society to get into or whatever. Exactly. Yeah. No, she's not going to have, she's not going to let Lindsay last name is not about to let a teenage pregnancy get in between her and Brown. Like that is not happening. No, it is not. No. Would Carrie and or Edwards approve? <laughs> it would not. <laughs> okay. So now Jimmy finds Marissa and DJ on the lifeguard station where Marissa likes to drink vodka. Yep. And uh, Marissa and DJ are just kind of sitting together and I don't even, it's it, completely inconsequential what DJ says, but he removes himself. himself. Uh, uh, Marissa's like, what the fuck are you doing here? And Jimmy's like, DJ called me. And uh, Jimmy's like, thanks a lot, DJ. And they do a little handshake, which is nice. It it's is nice, nice that Jimmy recognizes DJ as a human being. <laughs> uh with a corporeal form that he can touch. Yes. And then DJ leaves. And then Jimmy, uh, right, he sits, ne- he sits next to her and he's like. This scene kind of broke my heart a little bit. Yeah? Yeah. Marissa is really good at crying. Yes. Yeah. Yes, very, very good. And she's like pleading with him to stay. He's like, ah, oh, kiddo, I can't. And I had, to keep, I had to keep pausing it being like, yes, you fucking can. Yeah. Yes, you fucking can. Your child is crying into your arms right now, pleading with you to stay and be a source of stability in her otherwise chaotic life. Yep. And you are saying no. You are making the choice to her face to say, no, I will not do that. I will not step up and be your father. I will leave you to the chaotic, tumultuous waters of your insane mother yep. and her decrepit boyfriend. <sighs> and your sister who allegedly exists. <laughs> like what a shitty, shitty thing to do. Yeah. And I, they're trying to make it like touching. They could have written this character off literally any other way. Yeah. Literally any other way. But... It's important to also to get him off of the show and to frame Marissa as having reasons to continually be unstable. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Justice for Marissa, honestly. Like, I know she's messy, but, like, her life is a shit show. Like, her life is an utter shit show. Yep. Like, I get, you know, she's well-to-do. She's privileged. She's white. She's pretty. I get it, you know, but like her life is a shit show. Yep. Um, so after she's done crying and they've established that Jimmy is in fact going to go to Maui for reasons, he's like, we should go back inside. And she's like, can we just sit here for a little longer? And he says, yes. And he puts his sweatshirt over her shoulders. Cause she's wearing a sleeveless dress or tank top or whatever. And this is coded as we're supposed to think of it as a tender no tender moment, but we're like, fuck you, Jimmy. Yeah. Fuck your whole thing. Yeah. I really wish they would have written this differently because yep. it it puts a really bad feeling in my stomach. Yep. Because like, dude, your child is hurting. Yep. You are removing a source of stability from her life. Yep. Like, you suck. Yep. 
And he's like, you can come visit me anytime. Yeah, but like, well, you can come to the farm and visit me anytime you want. It's like, and she's like, okay. It's like, what? Dude. Are we going to get a very special OC in Maui? No. No. No, we're not. Whatever. So then this is the final scene. She shows up at the Cohen household. <clears throat> Yep. With a bag of bagels. None of this makes any sense, but it's we're telegraphing badly to the viewer that Marissa is being kind of indoctrinated as one of the Coens. Mm-hmm. They're they're not adopting her. I mean, really, it's just uh, to me, it makes it's almost sadder because yeah. she's like, well, cool. I've been abandoned again. Yeah. Um, who do I know will take me in? Well, the Coens will. Yep. Because they're one of the only fucking families that sucks less ass in this stupid city. And she shows up with a bag of bagels. And this is pretty cute because they're already eating bagels. And is it Ryan? That takes no. It's Seth because Seth is the more oh, you're right. comedic yeah. character, and he's like, "This is stale," and like throws away the bagel that he already has in his hand, and is like, "Bring your bagels to us, Marissa." <laughs> and the episode ends with Sandy yet again not toasting his bagels. I don't get it. I do not abide. No, I don't get it. Is it? It has to be just for efficacy. I guess, of yeah. Of time. Yeah. Because, like, showing the character standing around and waiting for a toaster. Yep. Or having a little toaster oven. Or Taking out, like, a brulee torch. <laughs> <laughs> That's how we do it in the going household. <laughs> we like the brulee things. Welcome to the OC bitch. <laughs> She burns around the upper arm. <laughs> ah! <laughs> uh, you've been indoctrinated into the fucking family now, bitch. You scarred for life. That's how we do it here. And everyone shows their matching scars on their arms from where they've been burned permanently by Sandy Cohen <laughs> with his brulee torch. So he doesn't toast the bagel and he's like, let me teach you how to schmear. I'm going to teach you how to schmear. Yep. Yep. It is a. It is actually an. Inst- I was paying close attention because you take the excess of the cream cheese from the first half of the bagel mm-hmm. and you swap it on to the second half of the bagel. Yep. Yep. It's a good technique. But the other the I put a pin in when we started to talk about the bagels way five hours earlier. Yeah. In this episode. They do not show her eating the bagel. They don't. No. And do you know why? Because girls won't eat bagels. Yeah. It's all carbs. Yeah. It's just all carbs. Yeah. Yep. And that cream cheese, that's all fat. Uh Uh-huh. Yep. So if you were part of Eating Disorder Tumblr circa 2004, you would have been like, oh shit, the pro-Anna section of this. She's not eating the bagel. She's not going to eat that bagel. And you would have taken note of her not eating the bagel. Marissa just looks so sad in this fucking scene, too. Yeah. Like She's wearing a USC sweatshirt, I think. It's the one it's, that, that yep. Jimmy gave her. Yep. Yeah. She's cried all her eye makeup off yep. from the prior scene. Yep. She's up in a messy bun. 
I want, I want her to be truly integrated into this family, but we all know that's not going to happen. I just feel bad for the character. Like, again, you know, her life is a shit show. Yep. It's like her mom fucked her fucking ex-boyfriend. What the fuck? What the fuck, man? You know, her dad just abandoned her now, like, and is making, like, he's giving you some bullshit excuse that it's to be a better dad. And like, that sucks. That's so obviously wrong and backward. So how are you supposed to interpret that? I guess he just doesn't care. I guess he just doesn't want to be here anymore. And again, there's literally no mention of the other daughter who this is potentially affecting. <laughs> right? Ugh. Okay. Uh, yeah, we're at 220. So what's our uh, heroes and villains? Heroes and villains. Again, hero is sweaters. Yeah, I'm trying to think beyond sweaters. Um who a good hero would be. Uh, I would say Kirsten. Kirsten would be my hero because she's, even though, like, we understand it would be weird to try and have a relationship, you know, like in the real world. This is a television world. So it makes sense. She's trying to be. Also, she was very reticent to the idea of Lindsay in the last two episodes. And she was like, fuck that bitch. Yeah. And finally she realized, oh, wait, I'm the adult here. Yeah. And she was the adult. Yeah, so I think, and she took her shopping. And if we are again to believe that Lindsay comes from a more modest household than uh-huh. the Coens, which is very easy to believe because the Owens are Coens are millionaires. Um, I'm hoping that she bought Lindsay just a bunch of good shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm sort of hoping she just bought her a bunch of really nice clothes. Because I pointed out at one point her wardrobe, Lindsay's wardrobe is kind of sliding back towards the scale of frumpy. Yeah. In this episode. Yeah, they've got her in a lot of, like, khakis. Yeah. Yeah. And, like, neutrals, but not, like, flattering neutrals. (laughs) What kind of music does the band Flattering Neutrals play? (laughs) Ah, music. Ouch. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, so my hero is Kirsten, whose year is beyond sweaters. Sweaters. Just literally sweaters. Literally sweaters. There's no character in this show. Okay, hey, you get to do it. Uh, who's your villain? Beyond the writers of this wait, show. Wait, 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 My other hero is Seth. You got it. I'm so curious. Eat the rich. Steal the Aston Martins. Steal the Aston Martins? Go to jail. Okay, that's not worth examining. Uh, who's your villain? We, we both of us are villains are the writers because that's bullshit yeah um, they could have but, come up with any better reason for for Jimmy to leave the show but so villain is Jimmy because what the fuck yeah Jimmy? yes villain is Jimmy yep. if we are going to take this world as a consistent reality fuck Jimmy Cooper what the fuck my dude your daughter says why don't you man up and be a real dad and your first thought is to fuck off to Maui Fuck you. Holy shit, that is so shitty. I'm literally angry about it. It's a fake show. These are not real people. <laughs> like, what the fuck? But I'm actually angry about it. Jimmy can't hurt you. <laughs> he already has, Sarah. Oh. What are these feelings that I'm feeling, if not hurt? I'm sorry. It's okay. It's okay. But if really, really quickly, if we were to examine the trajectory of Seth in this episode, mm-hmm. 
women are expected to change themselves for men all the time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think it's kind of refreshing that he was like, I must change everything about my existence. I mean, obviously it's misguided and he's an idiot. Yes. Because he took he took that initial interaction with her, a, 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 a young person that obviously lives in sort of an unstable situation with late night drinking, partying, uh-huh. smoking, not going to school, like all those things uh-huh. that are... For this era of television, especially, those are warning signs yep. of a young person in crisis. Yep. And he takes that and goes, I should be more dangerous. <laughs> like, no, dude, you are missing the whole fucking point. But also, feminism. <laughs> sure. <laughs> feminism. <laughs> So I'm very curious to see where this goes next. Um, I am not looking forward to the writers potentially making Kirsten um, overreact negatively to uh, the the inevitable discovery that Ryan and Lindsay are dating. I'm sure that's going to be aggravating for me. Zach's hair continues to paint him as a villain. Yep. I'm very curious again if yeah the canary fucking length of the memory of these writers will uh, serve them to the point where they can actually bring back this peculiar, again unnecessary side quest of his of fucking fucking his older tutor, an older woman with kids. Uh-huh. Why so unnecessary? Uh-huh. Um, I have but, a lot of questions. But it's also hot. Ugh, gross. Yep. Um, we should also. Sandy has an excellent line in the scene where Jimmy is coming clean to him and Kirsten about Julie. He says, I'm falling in love with my ex wife. And Sandy says, you were married before Julie? (laughs) There's a lot of good just one-off lines in this episode. I forgot about that one. That one was really good. It was very good. Yeah, that one made me laugh. So we needed to to give proper attention to that before we sign off for what is now 10.35 p.m., in a blizzard. It's about two and a half hour episode. We're good. On a Friday night. Not terrible. I enjoyed it. I also enjoyed it. And if you enjoyed it, make sure to follow us. Uh, Subscribe. Like and subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. It's free. (laughs) California, Sarah. California, Evan. You just listened to Orange, you glad we watched The O.C., the show about watching and talking about The O.C., Recorded in Guest Bedroom Studios. Hosted by Sarah and Evan. Original concept by Sarah. Recording and editing by Evan. Please give us as many stars or thumbs up as you're allowed to. Copyright 2024.